Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your new co-host, Shane Murray. On this episode, we have our good friend Houston Lucky in here. We're talking his job in real estate, what he's up to in the music world, sharing some thoughts about music, and we also introduced two new segments. So you know what to do. Open that thing up, pass that jar around, and enjoy Pass the Hoss Cat. the jar like i said this episode is called pass the hoss cat why because we have one of my oldest friends ever here today it's uh houston lucky he, go, he went by hoss cat for the longest period of time uh but also it's our first episode of the co-host shane shane's How y'all here doing everybody shane's here full time now full time i'm excited to be here dude i'm ready to get this started i'm also excited to have a really good friend here with us yeah shane and houston also go way back as well so uh but Houston, man, welcome to the show. Yeah, glad to be here, guys. How you doing, bud? Pretty good, man. Life been good? Yeah. Glad to see y'all doing good. Yes, sir. You too. I Go would on. ask you how you're doing, but I saw you at Walmart yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Perks <laughs> of a small town. Bridging the gap of the last time I saw you a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, so tell everybody who you are, where you're from, where you grew up, and uh, a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Houston Lucky. Um, I grew up in Quentin. Right there, close to West Jefferson, and I went to Dora High School, and we moved to Jasper, and I've been here since about twelve years old. And most of my family are on my mom's side. Everybody's from Walker County. Yeah, he's the grandson of a preacher man. I am. Your granddad is literally one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. He is, man. He's he's one of the best men I know by far. Yeah, like even when uh. I'm fishing at one of my secret spots, and he drives by me. He still stops and talks to me for a minute. Yeah. Gotta love that. I don't give out secret spots. <laughs> no, I can't do that. Don't even take pictures. I see, The only people I usually send pictures to if I catch a hoss in those ponds is uh, Houston, and he's like, you better put that bastard back in. <laughs> <laughs> and but, uh, Geotag will get you. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you've been in around Jasper. Yeah. But you went to Dora. Yeah. Uh, we moved from Quentin. My mom got remarried when I was 12, and we moved to Boulder, and I just kept going to Dora there, because... You just didn't want to leave us, you can say it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you didn't want to leave us. We're likable people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to... Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I was already going to school at something, so... Yeah. I didn't want to change schools again, because I went from kindergarten to fifth grade at something Christian. Buh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. My wife went to Summerton Christian. I can make it. See, yeah. you and you and me didn't even really meet at school. We met in church. Yeah. I was like six, so that made you like, what, four or five? I mean, you're older than you. I don't know. We don't do math on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, but hey, watch yourself now. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, like yeah, I've looked, like there's few people that I stay talking to these days that I've known as long as Houston. Yeah. So, which our families have always been kind of friends too. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because your parents went to Empire. I don't know how long they went there. Yeah. Like before. Before I was even born. Really? Yeah. Like I know uh, Dad and Randy and Tracy, like they knew each other for the longest yeah. period of time. But, uh, <clears throat> so what are you doing now? Well, before we go into your past a little more, you're going <laughs> to dig up some skeletons. Well, I'm a realtor with Carol Williams Realty. 
doing the real estate thing, man. I love it, though. So business been doing pretty good with the whole COVID thing? Yeah. I mean, COVID is, it's kind of helped and hurt the real estate business. A lot of people are able to get more house than what they normally could afford because interest rates have been like Incredibly. historically low. Yeah, that's what uh, me and Corwin are looking for a house right now and more than likely going to end up using the VA loan. But uh, even with the, what is it called? A, uh, I think it starts with a C. What's that called? Conventional loan. Conventional loan. There you go. The rates for that are getting pretty close to rivaling the VA loan. So. Yeah. And for the VA, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, they're a little more strict on things. But, I mean, if you got to use it. Exactly. That's that's where we're at with it. We're uh we're kind of flip-flopping back and forth between deciding whether or not we just want to buy one or build one. So it's been a little bit of a hassle, but I'll definitely call you up if we decide to yeah, flat out buy one. We have to help y'all. He's slowly heeding to my advice that I've gained, the knowledge I've gained from my mother-in-law, because she's a realtor. Yeah. So he's finally starting to listen to me a little bit, because he was like, yeah, we're going to go look at this house, and uh, when we were ready to go look at it, it already sold. And I was like, I told you, like our house didn't even hit the market. So, yeah, it was a place up Walston Bridge Road. We saw it on like a Tuesday evening. We went and looked at it Tuesday night, and when we woke up Wednesday morning, that thing was sold. Yeah, there's right now there's really more buyers than there are houses for sale. Yeah, because I mean, I'll get a phone or multiple phone calls every day of buyers, but there's just not enough houses. Really. Yeah, and as far as right now, it's really a seller's market. Because there's, like I said, there's more buyers, so you can really go up on what you would normally get. Exactly. So, like, within the next two years, I, I mean, the real estate market goes up and it goes down. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And with COVID, a lot of people did the, uh, like, the mortgage relief plans and where they might not pay for six months or maybe until January of next year. But, and I understand a lot of people want to do that because they were out of work because I think the national average of loan delinquency is up like 31%. That was as of July. So Jesus I'm sure Christ. So that's kind of when people just kind of ran out of money. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, that was also right at the boom of it when everything was shutting down. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of foreclosures within the next two years. I mean, just looking at the the real estate apps and looking online, I've seen, you probably see two or three posts a day of coming soon pictures of houses that are being foreclosed on and bank on now. And so I figured next year, we'll have a good bit of houses on the market for sale, but you never know. It could go total opposite way. <laughs> I mean, look how 2020 is going. So well, I hope for your sake that's how it goes. Yeah. Same. Me too. <laughs> so what got you into the realty business? Like, did you wake up one day and it's like, is it a circumstance thing? I'm about to start like, slinging these houses. <laughs> yeah. Well, when really when I was younger, ever, ever since I was younger, my dad, he's always been, he's always got me interested in real estate because he had flipped houses a couple times and, at one point when I was younger, they had built houses, him and another guy, and it's always been there in the back of my mind. I know you can make money in real estate, and I just, I don't know, I guess I had that mindset that, oh, you got to have a lot of money to make money, 
and the older I got, I realized that's not the case, and really what made me make the jump and go into real estate is I was working at a steel plant in Pelham last year, and I guess the last year and a half, I've done a lot of changing myself, and I, I like my job down there, but I hated my boss. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people can relate with that. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot, I've had great bosses, and I've had really bad ones. And he was right there on that list. And I just, I was miserable going to work, man. I was having to wake up at, well, I would, I would get to work at like 7, man. And then I got so mad at work one day. I was like, man, I can't keep doing this every day. I was like, there's, there's got to be something different because there's got to be more than me just watching the clock all day long, yeah. waiting to go home. And go to work, go home, yeah. go to sleep, do it all over again. And That'll wear on you. There, I would listen to podcasts all day. And then, I've never really been real big on reading books because my attention span. Like, I can read a whole page and oh, I yeah. remember what I read. I'm a big audiobook <laughs> guy. Yeah. And so, I started listening to them and I was sitting there at work one day and I was mad. Just I just wanted to go <laughs> home, man. And I... I listened to the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and man, that really put things into perspective for me, and I was like, you know what, I've got to do something different. Well, I got to think about real estate, and I've always wanted to be a real estate investor, and I mean, any type of investing has always appealed to me, but real estate, I knew I could probably have a pretty good chance of doing something with that, so I was... At work, probably about a week later, and I was just mad again. <laughs> like, my boss just pushed me to that point, and you can only push a man so far. And I, uh, I called my cousin's wife, and she, at the time, she was the lead broker of the Keller Williams office in Coleman. And I talked to her about it, and I said, you know, I'll, I just kind of want some information on how I need to get started. And she said, we need to go to the class and get your real estate license. And one was starting like a week or two from then. What's that process like? The like, class? How long is it? All that good stuff, I, I guess. I it was nine weeks, I think. Well, that's not too I, bad. I don't remember right off. But I was like, okay. So I, she gave me a number to call. So I contacted the woman that taught it. And right then I signed up for it. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. And I was like. Oh no! <laughs> and I what have I the, gotten myself into? Yeah, I wasn't real sure about it, and I started the class, and I was like, "Man, I, I really enjoy this." And then my schedule—I was working Monday through Thursday, seven to five. Well, the classes were from six to ten on Mondays and Thursdays, and so it was—it was hard getting from Pelham to Gardendale within an hour because of traffic and everything after five o'clock. And my boss, I. He called me into the office one day and said he was changing my schedule. And I was like, great. Well, he had me coming in at 4.45 in the morning and getting off at 3. And I was working Tuesday through Friday. And Stars kind of aligned for yeah, you then. I was like, man, well, maybe, maybe this is it. Like, everything's working out just right. I didn't tell anybody it worked. Smart. Some of my buddies, but I knew wouldn't say nothing. And But they ended up. The boss ended up finding out like right after I got my license, 
Yeah. Um, uh, I ended up getting fired. <laughs> no way. <laughs> because yeah. you because like, you were going to classes and getting no, your it wasn't because of that. Like we were on a points just or we had what's called bonus days, and you get like five bonus days for a year. And our boss, it didn't matter what the situation was, he was going to charge you your bonus day. A lot of the other supervisors they wouldn't, but he did, and I forgot to clock in one day, and I was there <laughs> like ten minutes because I had a safety meeting every morning, mm-hmm. and I was in the meeting. And our lead guy, he knew I was there, but it ended up, uh, I clocked in late because I forgot to clock in and he showed up that I was like a minute late or something like that. And it was my last bonus day. That's asinine. So he was like, well, today's your last day. And I was like, you know what? Because leading up to that, I'd been kind of part-time in real estate and wasn't doing much. And I was like. Man, I don't, I don't know if I need to do this. Well, that happened, which I'm thankful it did. I mean, like, if I seen him right now, I would thank him yeah. because that was the extra push that I needed that I probably wouldn't have done because I got comfortable getting that regular paycheck every week. But man, it uh, starting out in real estate is it's a struggle. But as long as you keep grinding, it, man, like I feel like too with your personality, yeah, like, like I can. I enjoy talking to people. Exactly. I just, I like helping, I like the reaction or seeing people's faces like, you know, when they finally find the home that they've been looking for, somebody sells one or something like that. I just enjoy that and helping people. But, oh man, so far I've enjoyed it. That's good. Which I knew right off the bat when, uh, when you started real estate, like the first few ads you posted, like your captions, like the way you would explain the properties (laughs) and stuff. I was like, this kid's going to make it. I'm, I've been around so many other real estate agents. They might be a really good agent, but I just, personalities don't click. And yeah, I'm a, you have to be professional, but I also have to be myself. Because if I was working with somebody, first of all, I'd want to like them. You don't I'd want a robot. To trust them. Because, yeah. I mean, buying a house or even selling one, that's, that's a big step in somebody's life. And no doubt. You don't just want anybody doing just because somebody shows up in a suit or something like uh my mother-in-law she was our realtor for both houses we bought but it was you know we could have went to any other realtor but i trusted her yeah i mean i totally understand that and like she uh like when before we even saw the house that we moved into our first house in thatch she said i came around the curve and she's like this is the house they're gonna buy so she knew we were gonna buy that house before we even saw it yeah and sure enough we went around the same curve and I saw that view, and y'all see my that view that I had up there. Look, and but in order for her to know that, I mean, obviously she knows y'all, but that also goes to her being a good agent too. Oh, yeah. well, she's an awesome and, realtor, man. So I mean, it just there's good agents and there's bad agents. Yeah, and none of them are the same. But me, I just be myself, man. That's I'm, plenty for us. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if I'm showing like million dollar properties on the way or something like that which have you gotten to that point yet oh yeah i mean we got sick i actually have well, i'll tell you what you take one of them million dollar properties you got on the lake let me get a discount on it <laughs> you know shane shane's talking about like an 80 percent discount yeah. <laughs> i mean whatever you can work hit yeah. me with some figures <laughs> yeah we got a we got a few of those listed on the lake and i'm actually on 
is they're both through Keller Williams. But I'm on two different real estate teams. Yeah. And one, I'm a primarily the listing agent, and then I'm also a buyer's agent. And that team is called Inspired Realty Group. And the other team I'm on is the Humphreys Group. And I'm primarily a buyer's agent on that side. So how often do you get to play both sides of the fence there, listing day. and buying? Every day. How's that? Is that yeah. nice? Are you talking about as far as like commission wise? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It's a. Uh, now. It don't happen every time, but. Yeah. So when you happens. when you're listing and buying, does the commission? Because what's the standard commission rate for y'all? Really, there's no set rate. Okay. Like each agent can pretty much make their own rate. Typically, if it was residential, I would do six percent, depending. They do five percent, depending on what it is, and then. Like land, if it's just land, you could do anywhere from eight to ten percent. Really nice. So, so land commissions tend to be higher than yeah, usually houses. Yeah, sick. So now, if you're a listing and buying agent, do you split that? So say you're listing a residential, you go six percent. Are you listing three as the listing agent, three as the buying? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So like if another agent brought a buyer, then they would get three percent. Gotcha. Which you grew up around one of the most beautiful pieces of property in Walker County, in my opinion. So you have that appreciation. Oh for, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no doubt about that. There's a. I took Shane fishing on that a few times. Yeah, like, man, I'm. I just love having land, and yeah. that's what I'm working towards now is buying a few acres that I've got my eye on. Yes, I have plans to. You know, I listen to y'all a lot, or every episode, but hearing everybody talk about. Walker County, like what they're doing to give back to Walker County. Well, I was thinking one day, you know, what's something that I could do other than, you know, helping people buy houses and showing them the good things if they're not from around here. And why? Well, and we were talking about land. Well, I've got a little bit of land, and we uh we've talked about developing a subdivision, and but not being ridiculously priced either. Yeah. Like something, some good starter homes or something. Starting like 149. Lucky Estates. Might slap a registered trademark on that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that. Um, (laughs) Y'all ever seen Trailer Park Boys? Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought about calling it Sonyville. Hey, that wouldn't be bad. (laughs) You'll grab the younger Uh, generation, absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, that's something that's in the, it's going to be in the works here fairly soon. And, I've That's already good, got man. plans to develop uh, another subdivision closer to Jasper. Well, hopefully people listening to this know, like, like I left a job because my bosses were shit. And where I'm at now, I trust my boss, yeah. my director. Um, I trust her with, like, everything I have to get keep us going. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I were, like, she, she was totally supportive when I left going to what I thought was my dream job. My dream job sucked. Yeah. Your dream job usually doesn't pan out because yeah. when you get in there, it's actually totally different. So when you decided, like, it's probably better that I got fired from yeah. the steel mill. Like, I mean, I wasn't even mad about it. Like, yeah. It sucked at first, but then I was like, maybe it was supposed to happen like that. Because I don't know, anybody, like, if you hate what you're doing, stop doing it. Yeah. Like, Couldn't agree more. Could not agree there's more. There's so many other things to do, and just because you're comfortable where you're at, that may be your sign to, hey, I need to do something different. Complacency is a killer. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like post-COVID, like, the economy is going to rebound. Yeah. Hey, you'll still be able to support yourself while chasing your dream. Oh, yeah. Like, 
thankfully my schedule at work pans out that I can still do this and chase my dream yeah. to where hopefully one day this is my job. Uh, but I just want to put eyes on Walker County and what you're doing is bringing people yeah. to Walker County, showing and them the beauty we have here. Literally growing the community. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, because that's, that's just something that I want to do and something that I have the resources to do. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of my way of giving back to some extent and bringing people in and showing them the good Walker County. I mean, if you put like, what, we'll say 12 to 15 houses in each subdivision. Yeah. We'll say a family of, like, say family three of to four fill those houses. Yeah. That's math. <laughs> yeah. We don't do it here, yeah. folks. We don't do it. But, I mean, that's, that's extra 100 people yeah. that you're bringing to Walker County. And uh, you're showing them what they can have here. And plus, I mean, if you don't want to work here, we're 30 minutes away from Birmingham. We're an hour away from Tuscaloosa. Exactly. 30 minutes or an hour from Coleman. I've only had one job in Jasper. Yeah. Ever. And that was at the Fontaine trailer plant. And I was like 19, I guess. I was waiting on Houston to say like 12. <laughs> <laughs> like, Houston's a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Well, I thought I was a hard worker until I got into real estate. And it's a constant grind, man. Like, yeah. If you're going to make it, you've got to do You're kind of constantly on the clock, man. Yeah. I mean, you make your own schedule, but... If somebody calls, then, I mean, that's potentially a paycheck, so. You have to respond. Yeah, when it comes to commission, like, you work harder. There's no doubt. And I got tired of having a physically intense job. Yeah. It'll wear on you mentally and physically. You've always done stuff, like, physically demanding, to my knowledge. Like, uh, when we were in high school, like, like, pressure washed coal trucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just always been like that. But I guess being in the area we are, I figured that's kind of like, even when we were in high school, like, everybody that graduated, they either became a nurse or they went in the military or. Hey, how you doing? I mean, he didn't do that right after. No, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it was hindsight being 2020. Alabama Power or the railroad. Yep. And I was like, man, okay, I guess that's what's supposed to happen. It's that blue collar routine. Yeah. And I I got tired of that. I feel like our generation in Walker County is changing the narrative by controlling their narrative. They're not fitting into just a cliche job. Like, you have people like Mason open up a brewery. Yeah, man. People are carving their own path now. Yeah. That's what's making. Making Walker County great again. I mean, really, <laughs> it is. <laughs> We're not supporting anybody. We just said making Walker County great again. <laughs> just <using the> phrase. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, really, it is. Like, because we, until people started doing that, we didn't have nothing here. Yeah. Like, yeah. They closed everything down. And Mason and them, I love going down there. They're twisted. Like, it's like walking in and seeing your family. Like, everybody greets you. That's what we talked about on uh, 2.5 was just a drastic change in the entertainment district now. Like, I would have never imagined that when we were in high school. Oh, me neither, man. Like, it's just, I, I never it, thought of anything like it's that. It's kind of baffling. Yeah. yeah. But, and it's constantly growing. Like, but there's that, always new stuff coming. In. And that's like, well, that's what we talked about, you know, with carving, people are carving their own path now. Like, that was the thing, if you wanted a bar scene or whatever, you had to go to Birmingham or 
Tuscaloosa or wherever, now you've got it in Jasper, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Which yep. maybe at the point in my life, I'm not really, that I'm at now, I'm not really into the whole bar scene anymore, but you walk into a brewery, it's a different atmosphere. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. But I enjoy going down there. Even, even from that, like today, uh, I just text Mason. I was like, are you at the brewery? He said, yeah. Literally went by, talked to him for 20 minutes because yeah. I consider Mason a friend. Hopefully, he considers me the same. I love you, Mason. Um, but, you know, like, that's the community, like, he, he built at Twisted. They're building at Tallulah, uh, whatever we have going on around Jasper. It's it's community-focused. And what you're going to do is bring more people here yeah. with your development. And I think, obviously, like, your physically demanding jobs, yeah. they were tough on you. And they made you develop that work ethic. Yeah. And now you're developing that work. I don't say real estate's easy. You're developing that work ethic into something that you control your narrative. You yeah. control your outcome. Am I going to sell this house or not? Am I going to sell this piece of land or not? And that's what I feel like we're growing into as a people in Walker County. Yeah. Well, it's taking that hardworking ethic that people around here grow up with and putting their own spin on it. Yeah. You know, how they can apply that work ethic to something they enjoy. I wish I would figured out what I wanted to do years ago. Then. I say the same thing. I mean, oh, no, yeah. I don't think you'll school, find anybody that wouldn't agree with that. Yeah, after high school, I went to school at Troy for a while. And, man, I just, I liked being down there, but I didn't. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. I, I was planning on going down there for nursing. I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. Like, can you imagine me walking in? <laughs> Putting you to sleep. I'm gonna go ahead and hit that red button. Yeah. <laughs> this cat is not putting anything into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> but I could do it though. I mean, I did work. Yeah. On ambulance for a few years. Oh yeah, you worked. That with, is uh, true. Worked RPS. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? I can Obviously, I could. Can't handle it. Like I'm in the probably least gross medical field possible. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you saw some medical stuff. I love it. Like and. I guess if you like it, like, because you're constantly having to learn when you're in that field or any medical field, but if you like it, it's it's not really, it don't seem like work. Yeah. Like, and I enjoyed it, but first responders, police, firefighters, they're all severely underpaid. Absolutely. I have, a, like, I told Shane or somebody on a previous episode that I have a friend that's a cop. Yeah. I'm going to have him on here one day. We're going to talk about that because... Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, Everybody in the medical field's underpaid. The stuff you have to put up with. And just hearing, like, stories from the older medics that work there, like, man. Like, the stuff you have to put up with, even from, well, I don't work anymore. Even from the company. <laughs> so, like, when the company makes it hard on you, you're like, man, y'all. You're catching it from every angle, yeah. yeah. And most of the people that work, a lot of people I know that work in fire and EMS and even the police, they have other jobs outside of that because just don't pay it. Yeah. Did you, uh, was there any moments getting off like the ambulance you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Or did you just like nut up and go do you it? You get to a point to where like. You kind of grow numb to it? Yeah. And I mean, as bad as that sounds, you do. Like you can say something terrible and just. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I volunteered with the fire department right there in Boulder, 
and I did that for a few years, and which I know a lot of people talk about volunteer firefighters, but they're all not the same. I promise. And <laughs> some of them, the same. some of them around here do train, but Drake's what? been real heavy on that new MGK <laughs> album, so we'll apologize if he just has any random outbursts like that. But yeah, that's what kind of got me into working for BS and stuff. And I mean, I've seen. You don't really get called out for anything good. No. Like, usually the worst day of my life. Exactly. Like, when you get that call, you know you're going into... Yeah. But, I don't know. It comes to a point where you kind of get numb to it. and I'd imagine if you don't, you're just you're not going to make it. Yeah. And you get to thinking about, man, I'm not making anything to do this. <laughs> like, you just don't. And I think that weighs on you more than the actual job does. That it's like a toll on your mental health working in that field where you're like, this chick literally just got ran over and I'm numb to it. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, you you think about that a lot. Like, because I mean, I've seen like bad car wrecks and stuff. And I mean, everybody's standing around cracking jokes. But that's also when you're in that field, it's not that you're. It's not that you're being insensitive to the yeah, situation. Not, that's, that's how you cope with the situation. Yeah. It was the same way for us in the military. Whenever something tragic would happen, oh, yeah, you have to you have to get to that point of realizing this is a tragic situation, and you give your condolences or whatever it may be for the situation. But if you can't, like you said, crack a joke or find that way of coping with it, yeah. you're going to end up way worse off mentally. I've actually been thinking about going back and getting my UT license, like going back through and just doing that part time because I did enjoy my job. Yeah. But not doing it full time at all. But now you, I thought about it, not not set on that though. So is realty keeping you settled though? Like, oh, safe? yeah. Like, I mean, keeping the lights on, food in your mouth, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, whiskey in the glass. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can't find it. That is rare. It's hard to find. It's rare. Lives up yeah. to its name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I, I do. I enjoy real estate. And it's, I didn't want to be an agent, but I wanted to be an investor. But I knew I had to be a really good agent to be a really good investor. Right. And the things I'm learning now and the contacts I'm making, like, I'm going to need that later on. You're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. I mean, my I don't really tell anybody else. My family knows, but. I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a millionaire before I'm 40 years old. Well, I'm I'm pretty happy to call you a friend then, bud. <laughs> but I mean, that, not Consider because... Consider me a leech now. <laughs> but not because I want to be like, oh, look at me, I've got money. Because even if I had money now, I'd probably still wear my overalls <clears throat> if I go out somewhere like... Well, listen, buddy, I've had my eyes set on that Raptor Edition F-150 <laughs> for about four years now. So you make it to a millionaire at 40... I'll do whatever you want me to do to be able to afford that truck. Yeah. Cortland, I hope you're listening to that. <laughs> I mean, whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've talked about that. Well, that's, see, like, that's the beauty of, like, the world we live in now. Yeah. Is there so many ways of passive income. Yeah. Oh. And that's the thing is you got to make up your mind to do it, though. Like, I realize I'm probably not going to win the lottery. No. So... I'm like, well, if I just get out and do the work and put the work into it, 
yes, there's going to be up and downs, but as long as I stick to a plan and have other plans also, then I'm going to get there because nobody's going to do it but me. Yeah. Well, that's a good analogy, too. You brought up playing the lottery. A lot of people fantasize about winning the lottery, yeah. but don't ever actually play the lottery. Yeah. you got to play to win. Exactly. You can't win if you don't buy a ticket. There you go. Legalize it, Alabama. Yeah, I wish they would. Please. But, I mean, the same thing with real estate. Like, you flip a house, you make a $70,000 profit. That's, you made, you worked your ass off, but uh, that's 70000 bucks you didn't have. Yeah. And I feel like worth that work ethic these days is 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 a money make money maker for sure yeah. but now you can literally log into an app on your phone drop a couple of hundred dollars oh yeah go to bed and just watch it grow yeah and <clears throat> i feel like a lot of people don't take advantage of that no i'm Shane and i was trying to, trying to think of ways to monetize the podcast that we can make money while we sleep without just being complete sellouts yeah <laughs> but so if anybody has any ideas let us know we're not the smartest two. But, you know, with you doing real estate, like, you're literally doing what you can to grind it out until you figure out yeah. this way to just keep it consistent and steady to a flow of income until you become a millionaire. Yeah. And, and that's a good goal to set by 40 because some people think, I want to retire by the time I'm 50 yeah. or 60. Like, you said 40. That's, what, 10 years from now for you? Yeah. Or I'm 28. So. Yes, yeah, 10, 12 years. Easy there, killer. <laughs> I mean, that's still like a right. short amount of time for that's a hundred grand a year, like not spent. Yeah, and a lot of that's people, doable. You got to have the right attitude. But you Houston's say, got the right attitude. Exactly, you say millionaire though, and people are like, "Oh, you're not going to do that." I don't care what anybody else thinks. You can't. They don't pay you, my bills. There you go. And they're not going to get me to where I want to be in my life. I love to travel and preach. I mean, like we talked about that yesterday. I want to. I want to get to that level. Because there's also a lot of things I want to do for people. Like, yeah. One thing that I would like to do is, which me and my brother, he goes to something Christian, but we have this baseball scholarship in our name there and that my mom and stepdad started. And I would like to at least double or at least match it or double it every year. Yeah. And then maybe do some other scholarships and stuff like that at different schools. And just do different things in the community. There's a lot of people around that need help that aren't going to ask for it. And that's that's, that's why I want not because I'll say, look at me, I'm rich. It's because I want to help. That's just who you are as a person. Yeah, you just want to help people. I wish I could just invest money into Doors yeah. Golf Program. Or I wish I had got my teaching degree so I could have been a coach so I'd have never died. That's one of my like regrets that I really do hold on to. Yeah. But like I'm with you. Like I wanted to invest something back into – the place that made me what I am. Exactly. Same thing with growing. Which not everybody knew it then, but at then Dora had a rodeo team, which we rode with the Alabama National High School Rodeo Association. And that's why I went to Troy, because I wanted to ride on the rodeo team. And then I got down there and realized I did not have the money for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, I mean, Y'all know I had my green Toyota Tacoma that I had for years. And then I miss that thing. With, I mean, I get out with wore out jeans, holes in my boots, and there's people my age walking around at their stables that they had and like an $80,000 truck and a $100,000 horse trailer. I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> this ain't for me. Isn't it crazy how like 
I mean, you know, like I know y'all had rodeo team when you were in high school. Yeah. Now it's like fishing team. If we had a fishing team at Dora when I was there, oh yeah, I probably would have hung up golf. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm personally glad we didn't have a fishing team then. Well, honestly, I'm way better at fishing than I am golf. Yeah. But. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but like with the rodeo stuff, what is that painful? Would you consider yourself a bull riding son of a bitch? At <laughs> <laughs> a time in my life, yes. Now, no. Like, I feel it now when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Like, all the old guys used to tell us, like, when we'd be at bull riding or rodeos or whatever, and they'd go, oh, you're going to regret this when you get older. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm having the time of my life right I'm now. Riding bull, meeting women, whatever. <laughs> and, but I mean. Shout out to them buckle bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, man, I mean, that. It took a toll on you, but for me, mentally, it was good for me because all through high school and most of my life, I've dealt with severe depression. And I mean, from high school, y'all know how I would throw them back in high school. (laughs) Not condoning underage drinking, though. Yeah. But I mean, it happens, though. And a lot of that was to try to help deal with with the depression. Yeah. a lot of times it didn't, but I, I guess I didn't recognize it because back then nobody really talked about mental health. No. And that's that's a very important thing to talk about. And Bro, I was on Paxil yeah. all through high school. Nobody knew it. I probably should have been. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm right there with you. I probably should have been too. Yeah, and just depression, man. It'll, it'll get you. And I think that's a lot of reason why. After I left Troy and come back, I was kind of depressed about it. I guess I felt like a failure. I don't know. Because in high school, we all wanted to get out of here. Exactly. And do something. And I moved back, but that was probably one of the best things that happened to me was moving back. But That's that's exactly where I'm at now. Was I spent those few years after high school trying to figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing with my life. Yeah. And just working odd jobs here and there. Just wasn't working out. Mental health was getting uh, way worse. Yeah, man. I saw the military as a as an escape, really, more yeah. than anything. It was going to be my ticket out of here. I could go do something. Maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. But it's going to get me out of here. Got there and was like, damn, I miss home. Yeah. That's how I was the entire time I was down there. I was like, man. But I met my buddy, Wayne Moore, and Solid dude. Yeah. But he's, Check he's him out on man. Facebook Live. Very talented. Yeah. Yeah, I look him up on Facebook. And he's great singer great musician and we we knew each other when we were younger but i mean we were like five or six when we played ball together and we ended up meeting down there and after that man if you sing one of us you sing the other and we was going around playing music different places all during the week that's what i was gonna ask was that is that what kind of sparked you in your musical yeah really endeavors because our senior year in high school that's when i started playing guitar and i knew like Two songs. <laughs> hey, three <laughs> chords is all you need. Yeah, three chords. And the truth. The truth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think "Wet or Cry." Who do you go to? That's first a song bad, I learned. That's not a bad one. It's <laughs> not a bad one. But yeah, that having somebody else play music with that because I never played in front of anybody except like you guys back then. Yeah. And that got me playing and doing stuff out of my comfort zone. And now it's. 
I made by far the best album, you know. So when you moved back <clears throat> from Troy, and you said you kind of felt like a failure, what were there any steps you thought? How can I make the most out of this situation? At the time, not really. I was just like, maybe this this is how it's supposed to be. And I had planned on going to Bevel and going for nursing because that's what I was going to Troy for. And I ended up getting a job that at the time paid pretty good for I was 18, I think. Yeah. And, or 18, about to turn 19. And at the time, it was pretty good money. And it was three miles from home. So then I worked that. And then that's when I really started to realize I don't like working for somebody else. Yeah. And I, but I stayed there for a few years and then just one job after another like that. <clears throat> so for people that may feel like a failure, because I, from my, I've already, you know, spoken about how, like I've moved away twice, been on three times yeah. and I've came back each time, but there was never a point in the first few times, a couple of times that I came back that I felt like I could contribute to society here. Yeah. I always felt like I had to have that degree or that good job. Well, that's what we're always taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's even in high school, you're taught, oh, you got to finish high school so you can go to college and get a degree or you can just get some mediocre job if you don't go to don't don't go to college and i mean that's what i thought that's what i was taught from a young age but that's also what our parents were taught yeah exactly so i mean we just or i just kind of followed suit with that and but that's not the case like you don't have to go to college to get a degree to be successful like i don't have a college degree and i'm gonna be a millionaire by your by the time you're 40 yeah like when i got my degree you know my dad like they gave me shit they were like, you know, took long enough and stuff like that. But my dad said the most admirable thing was you didn't quit. Yeah. You know, it was wherever I was, I was doing whatever I could to contribute. Like, I never just sat my ass at home. Except for the first time I moved home. Yeah. Where I was like you. I was just depressed and, and throwing a pity party, yeah. lack of better terms. And both my parents were like, get off your ass, figure it out. Yeah. Okay, well, it took me three more times of college to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I mean, like I had, like if it wasn't for that time period, I would have met amazing people. Kind of pulled me out of the depression. But the last time I moved home, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. When I moved home from Lee, like I don't know what I, because I was like, I feel like I'm called to inspire people in some yeah. way. But I didn't feel like I was born to be a preacher. Like people that are preachers, they swear they they were born to be a preacher, like your granddad. Yeah. Who finally, who who finished Lee? Yeah, at, I don't even know how old he is. Jack, he was like the oldest, obviously the oldest one in his class to graduate. He's in the seventies. But that's proof, like you can't quit, no matter how. He might be right. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I'll ask him next time I see. Him. <laughs> uh, but like that's the proof, like you can't quit, and yeah. that's where I feel like a lot of people that move home they quit. I did. I absolutely did. When I came home, I was like, well, I guess this is it. And, man, once you get a certain age, you're like, why do I not know what I need to do right now? I see everybody, a lot of people that I went to school with or whatever, they're out doing great things. But then I also see other people that I went to school with, and they're in bad shape, man. Yeah. Like, 
seeing some of the people we went went to school with, it, it makes me sad if I see them out. Because I'm like, it does. Man, like what happened? See, that's like when I, I, I think I talked about it in the first episode. That was so long ago. I don't remember. But like, there were people that I was very, very close to. Like my cluster of friends in high school, they got it right, right out of high school. Yeah. Yeah, I was, gonna say. I was one track minded because it was business school and golf for me. Yeah. And golf was plan A. Didn't work out. So I was like, shit, I don't have a plan B. Okay, what took me C D E F G whatever. I am in the alphabet to get it right <laughs> finally. And man, I'm in the same boat, man. Like my plan was to go to Troy and I went to Troy, but nothing came of it. I also <clears throat> didn't put in the work I should have, but there's a lot of other factors like one depression. I was down there away from home, man, and it hit me hard. And I ended up just moving back a lot and having a good supportive family definitely, definitely helps. Yeah, that that's the key is the people around you, like Shane yeah. and Colby and Dylan. God, there's been so many times like I'm going to AWOL for a few days to get my shit straight. Yeah, and just about every time he does that, I'll go ahead because we've had a group chat since. I know you've had one for years, man. God, dude, it's <laughs> I've it's heard y'all talk about it a lot. It's I, it started on March Madness. I can't even remember when, but just about any time he would send that text, I'd text him personally and just be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Because I've had family members that have taken that route where yeah. their mental health got to that point of just no return. They gave up and. And a lot of times, people you don't even expect. You would never expect. That's that's exactly right. The most upbeat people to your, like, yeah. you see them out, and they're just as happy as can be, and everything's going great, but behind that curtain, it's just dark. Like, uh, any of my friends, they're, like, super happy and stuff like that. I'm always like, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's I mean, that's, it's true. That, yeah, exactly. The ones that always seem just so upbeat, happy, yeah. chipper all the time, that's the ones you got to, sometimes it doesn't hurt to just hit them up personally and say, hey, man. How are you doing? Yeah. You need to make it a point to ask your happy friends, are they okay too? Yeah. Because usually they're the ones that are really going through some shit. Yeah. You need to check on all your friends. But, I mean, when they show them the signs, I guess. Yeah. But also, if you deal with depression or anything like that, you also know the signs. Because if you've dealt with it, then you've done it. And, which for me, that helped a lot as far as talking to friends or relatives or anybody. I feel like a lot of times too, when people get to that point with depression, they're they feel like they're a burden to yeah. everyone else around them too, and you don't want you don't want to project your problems onto someone else. But from where I've been in that situation, I would gladly listen to anybody's problem at any hour of the oh, yeah. day. And if like they're in said, a spot, it's all about who you surround yourself with. Yeah, I mean that's like like now. I mean, yeah, there's still times that you know. I get a little depressed, but I know now that to recognize it yeah. and to get past that. And a lot of that, or most of it, I ain't even going to say a lot, 99% of it, of me making it through that and being where I am today, not only in my career, but as a person, goes to having a good woman. Per, come on. <laughs> like, that is church. Preach on it. I mean, it, it is. Um, or a good man if you're a woman listening. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Carly, she, uh, she's been that for me. She's my rock, for sure. And, well, let's be totally open. Guys, we're idiots. 
Galvin's stupid. Oh, buddy. And Preaching to the, the choir. Two, two biggest idiots yeah. around. <laughs> and there was a, at one point in our relationship, I made a stupid mistake, but we got past that and we just be totally open. Like, yeah. We got past that and I was like, how could you still love me? And As dumb as we are, though, the good women can recognize who we are on the inside yeah. and who we are as a person and are able to look past that yeah. slight would, inconvenience that we may have yeah. burdened I was a, them with. I was a broken, screwed up human being when my wife married me. Yeah. And she still married me. Hey, buddy. <laughs> You're mean, looking at one right she here, fixed too. Me. She fixed you, man, me. That's crazy what a good woman or man will yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or or bring into your life. Yeah. Just having that support from somebody like that. I, I, could, I can't imagine where I would be had I not met Cortland when I did. Yeah. And, like, when I got fired from the steel plant, like, I dreaded telling her that. And I told her, and she was like, well, that's okay. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Hold She's on. like, I Hold know on. that you're going to do what you really want to do now. She said, I'm ready to have a happier you. She said, I want to see you succeed and do what you want to do. And the same with her. Like, I support her. She's in nursing school right now, and I 100% support her. You yes. have to. Yeah. You you have to stand behind them. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent, because they're standing by, behind you 100%. Yeah. And that's the least you can do is just be there for them 10 times more. That's yeah. what that's what made my decision leaving the military a little bit easier was after we had talked about it, I was, I was really questioning it because I, I had gotten to a point where I wasn't really working anymore. I was yeah. more in a supervisor role. Just kind of, I'd go in on time. I mean, that's I seen all the Snapchat. That's a fair point. <laughs> oh, that's a fair point. I, I put on a front, but I'd gotten to a point where I'm in more of a supervisor role now, where I'm making sure A, B, and C are doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. I won't be kicked up over here in this computer chair with my foot up on the desk watching TikTok videos. Smarter, not harder. Exactly. Y'all need me? <laughs> give me a holler. But when when the time was coming up, contract was coming to an end, you know you. Everybody at work starts telling you, hey, you're going to re-enlist? Oh, you're going to re-enlist. You talk about getting out. You're not actually going to do it. And I was kind of falling into that where I was like, yeah, you're right, dude. Like, I got a cushy job right now. Why would I leave? But after talking to Cortland and having that support system, knowing, yeah, I'm going to come back to Alabama. Obviously, the military isn't going to work out for me. I've gotten to that point now. But just knowing I had her to lean on and to support me whatever it is I end up doing, I know I'm going to do it well Yeah. because she's instilled that, that mentality into me. There's good ways to succeed in a small town. That's like a, I, I was taught you need a big city mind in a small town. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. We're small town. Jasper, yeah, it's the biggest city in Walker County. Still a small town, bro. It's not Tuscaloosa. It's not Coleman, Gardendale. You know, Coleman's it's not. Growing, yeah, it is. But how can it's I contribute? The South. And that's to bring people here. Yeah. And that's one thing about, like, when I was working at the steel plant, I listened to podcasts all day, and it's stuff like this that uh would keep me going through the day, and being able to listen. Well, when you have something positive to listen to, and 
especially this right here. I mean, this is just it's a taste of home. I mean, the there you go. Is, there you go. I I enjoy that, and man, I know the point I was at, and podcasts and stuff helped me get out of that. Mm-hmm. And man, what you what you guys are doing is good. Well, when Drake te- first texted me and was telling me, he's like, "Dude, I got this idea. Think about starting a podcast, just kind of promoting the positive side of Walker County." I stuck out in Shreveport, Louisiana, just missing home. I was like, bro, yes, please, God. That would be incredible. Yeah. I There's, remember when you first told me about it, and I was like, yes, that is what we need. That's what this town needs. Well, see, I started in that, like I said, big city mind in a small town. Like, I started with Boondocks Promotions. Like, I just want to help the musicians. Yeah. That didn't pan out because the music scene's not huge here. Yeah. Something was still missing. I was like, what am I, what am I missing here? And I sat down. And this, how can, <laughs> I was like, how can I help? Can, how can I help Walker County and like to show it in a way outside of music? And when I said outside of music, I was like, it clicked. Like, okay, Mason's my friend. Yeah, I know I can call or call, walk into a business or Facebook message the owner. I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's sit down and have a chat about how we can make Walker County better. And that's when podcast hit. Yeah. And Mason at Twisted Barley was the very very first one to know. That I really wanted to, like, doing a podcast was, like, the number one goal. Yeah. And so when I started teasing, like, I'm coming out with a podcast, Mason knew exactly what it was. Because <laughs> he's like, you're finally, you're, you finally bid on it. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, I just want to make people come to Walker County and realize it's not the meth capital of Alabama. Yeah. It's not the opiate capital of Alabama. Statistically speaking, it still is. Yeah. But... How can I make these people come visit your business or the restaurant down the road or know that people here made it? They didn't just get stuck here. Because yeah. how many times at, y'all went to Dora? So, you know, how many times did we hear, I don't want to be stuck here. Yeah. I don't want to go to Babel. That's exactly what I was about to say. That was my mentality. Like yeah. from probably 10th grade till I graduated was how do I get out of Walker County? Because yeah. I chased, I chased happiness. And I thought it was away from here. Yeah, I'm glad I moved away the however many times I did. But when I came back, it, it all clicked because I met my wife. I met friends that are successful in what they do. So I was like, you can make it here. Why can't I? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the purpose of the podcast. Like people like you that aspire to be a millionaire by the time they're 40, you can do that here. You just have to bust your ass and make a few friends. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. You got to put the work in. Like, it's not going to come to you, but you don't have to go somewhere else to be successful. That was probably the biggest upside for me when I joined the mil or from joining the military was it installed a little bit more of that that drive in my work ethic. Yeah. Like, I've always been a worker. I've never had a problem getting my hands dirty and just putting in work. Taking a bush to the eye at Horse Creek. <laughs> <laughs> But that gave me a, not only like a, a better work ethic, I guess, but like that sense of pride of being from where I'm from, yeah. because there you meet people from all different walks of life. And I was fortunate enough to travel a lot all over the world, but it didn't matter where I was. As soon as my feet hit back, as soon as my feet hit the ground back in the U.S., all I wanted to do was come home. Yeah. See, like when I lived in, Tennessee, 
have people from all over the country that went to Lee, man. Like, yeah. it's a Pentecostal school. Pentecostal kids are going to go there. Yeah. I grew up Pentecostal, church, God, whatever. But I met all these people that, like, had this different mindset than me. But then I met the few that had the same mindset. Like, you know, when I finish, I'm moving back home to my hometown. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I kind of want to do the same thing. That's when it clicked with me, but I was fighting it because I was like, I don't want to move back home. I swore up and down I was going to move back to Cleveland, Tennessee as soon as I finished yeah. and build a life there. But Walker County just kept playing over in my head and over in my head. That's why I say, like, it's okay to leave. Yeah. When you come back, maybe. you come back and be ten times better. Yeah. And I, I needed to leave to appreciate home that's exactly right i've said that and so many times it just because at the time especially when you're young man you just want to get out because that's what everybody said like oh i'm just ready to get out of here don't yeah. get stuck here don't get and, stuck here yeah that and, mentality gets beaten into you but if you're one of the ones that find your way back and you don't have to settle for mediocre don't feel like coming back was a letdown yeah or, or that you like failed was a failure yeah it wasn't. It was paving the way for where I'm at now. Yep. That's like, I have a friend. Uh, he's from Empire also. He was like, Empire is always going to suck you right back in. And when I was in Cleveland, I came home every single weekend. Yeah. And I was like, how am I going to stay the hell away from this place? And I finally just got in that mindset. I was like, I'm just going to stay stay in Lee for one weekend yeah. and see if I can tolerate it. I was like, I miss my family. I miss home. And I drove home. And at that time, that was towards the summer. So I was like, I'm not going back to Lee. I was like, how the hell am I going to tell my mom and dad? I don't want to go back. And so we settled and like I figured out what I was going to do. I was blessed with an internship with Ruben and Michael. Yeah. Like, okay, that's my sign. I'm not going back. And so I went to... Jacksonville State. I was like still finding myself coming home every single weekend, but yeah. I was working in Birmingham. So I was like, okay, this is this is it. All of a sudden I wasn't happy living over there. I'm like, I'm ready to move back home. And it wasn't like a loser mentality. It was I'm in the totally wrong place at the wrong time. And I feel like that's when I kind of grew up into knowing where I should be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not like that for everybody. A lot of people they doing it works out the first time but i know for a fact that all three of us sitting right here we're all hard-headed and we have to learn lessons the hard way yeah and that's, that's an understatement <laughs> <laughs> and all of us have but it's got us to where we are now there was quite a few things i wish i could have a few lessons i could have bypassed on but i mean it, it's got us to where we're at exactly but you got to grow through what you go through yeah, like what what kind of transition into? Like I read it on a podcast. <laughs> we'll transition to the music side. We'll stop talking about all this sad stuff, sad boy yeah. country. But oh, <laughs> uh, like sad country song. Like Houston's proof that if you stay motivated, that you can reach where you're at. Like all three of us sitting here. Like Shane had this badass job over in the military. He was a freaking staff sergeant for for how many months were you a staff sergeant? It was a year, asshole. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Twelve months. We don't math here, dude. But I mean, it's proof that 
you don't have like yeah we encourage leaving for a while yeah. because you've got to find yourself after high school you don't yeah. know who the hell you are man. i also just want to throw out i had no business being put in that role of responsibility like i was in charge of people <laughs> buddy shane should not have been in charge of people that was the fact that i passed a test was a miracle in a in and of itself I rolled into work and they're like, yeah, you're going to be working this shift and you're going to have this dude, that guy, and this girl. And I got to, I got to, what, you want me to take care of them? Like, make sure they're doing their, I don't even know my job. What, what do you expect from me? To let you know Shane's leadership responsibilities, the first time I ever walked into the, this is when Horse Creek had two trailers. They didn't have a clubhouse. (laughs) I walked into the food side to get a drink while I'm playing golf while Shane's working. And it said, person in charge. Shane Murray. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, why? Which Horse Creek didn't sell beer at the time either, so yeah. I knew Shane wasn't just shotgunning beers in the back of the kitchen. Maybe. Yeah, he sure wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's proof like you can, yeah, leave. Like, leave yeah. for a while. But think about how can I make my hometown better. Yeah. If you don't want to move back, that is totally fine. That Do you, homie. But for like us three, like you aspire to be a millionaire by, your, by the time you're forty. Yeah. Shane and I like we don't want to like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd like to be a oh, millionaire yeah. by the time I'm forty. Right now, I just have I have a goal set of this becoming our full time job. Yeah. How can I make Walker County better? Sit here in this chair and talk to people like you that aspire to make Walker County better to grow it. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not, that we like, can give people like you a, a platform to get your message out and elaborate on how you want to change Walker County for the better. Yeah, and not be sellouts. Yeah, and the thing about no matter what you do, being successful, it's surrounding yourself with good people, but also wanting good for other people. If somebody's doing something that you want to do and they're successful at it, don't be jealous of that. Yeah. If you're jealous of it, then you need to kind of take a look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And that's what we hope to aspire people to do is come here and build build where you're from. Yeah. Because Birmingham is big enough. Yeah. So, like, people like... Well, so, I would like to see Walker County get to the point, and it's well on its way now, to where kids in high school, like we were, they don't just think, man, I can't wait to get out of here. They're like, wow, I, I, I could do something here. Yeah. I want to show them, like, you don't have to surrender to the idea that you're stuck here. Yeah. There's a way to succeed here. You can, yeah, you can leave for a little while. You can work out of town. But think of where you spend your money. Yeah. Like, you can go to any of these restaurants we have in downtown Jasper, uh, whatever. Wherever in Walker County. Pizza Bar. Oh, Pizza Bar's freaking dope. Yeah. But how can you contribute to where you're at? Get, give these people the money that you worked for. Go set up at a festival and sell something that's motivational. Yeah. People like that motivational stuff these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, transitioning into stuff, you uh, you talked about music with Lane. Lane is uh, Lane's very talented. Yeah. He lives he in is. Tennessee now. Yeah, he moved. He, he moved on up 65 North. Yeah, he's close to right outside of Nashville. Um, actually sold his house a couple weeks ago. Um, he, uh, he moved at a terrible time, though. Because he moved up there, and two weeks later, COVID hit. Yeah. And they shut everything down. I think he's got a, I think maybe this weekend, 
Yeah, he's got his or first live show tonight. up there in Tennessee. Yeah, tonight, yeah. I, actually, I think. And he got his first gig up there. And, man, I'm happy to see him getting gigs and stuff. I mean, he's too talented not to get gigs. Yeah. And that's a fact. Coming from a musician standpoint, like, I know he that's what he wants to do, which that's what I would love to do also. But if he's succeeding at that, man, I'm happy for him. I yeah. mean, that, that's my buddy. Like, that's. There's no reason I shouldn't be excited for it. You want your friends to succeed. Yeah, man. Yeah, I want to see all of my friends succeed. Me too. Yeah. And it's all about the people you surround yourself with. When you want to see them succeed, they most of the time want to see the same for you. Because I'm sure people have went to Twisted and watched Lane yeah. play. You got up there during his breaks and played. Yeah, a few times. Well, a lot of times. Yeah. I hate I missed that. <laughs> oh, it was solid. But, Beautiful. Yeah, um, Mason. Twisted. He's probably been on me about the last three years, I guess, <laughs> to come play up there. But uh, now with real estate, that's also opened the door for me to be have the time, yeah. which is why I get the main reason I got into real estate was to have time because you can't buy it, and I I have the time now to put in the music, and so I guess I'm. Gonna I guess I'll let everybody know. I am getting a band together. I kept telling hey, Mason. Hey, there we go. I was about to ask, is that a lead-in? Are you about to drop some some uh, classified information on us? We're going to start booking shows, hopefully. After uh, COVID, dude, I'm yeah. so excited. I'll give you a show right when you ask. Mason, he told me, he said, I don't care what you do. He said, if you're going to play music, it has to be here first. I was like, okay. I'll play hey, I like that. My first gig. What's, um, the, uh, what's the time frame looking like? Yeah. Uh, Do we well, have a time frame yet, or is it still? I don't really have a set time frame. I'm hoping within the next few months coming up, we can have us a full set put together and a full band. That's, That's going to be, a, yeah. Getting the musicians. But, uh, yeah. And the kind of music we'll play is pretty much like the kind of music we like. Obviously, we like Whiskey Myers, so we and most of Whiskey Meyer concerts I've been to great for them. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Houston sat at the last Whiskey Myers show we went together. My buddy Eric and Bert were sitting in front of us. Like, we were up on the high rise. They were down on the floor, but they were right in front of me. Like, the bar separated us. And then Houston walks up. Or we were calling each other trying to figure out where we, where yeah. we were at. Houston finally found me. By the time he found me, I was like, three bourbon doubles in. <laughs> so I was like hugging him and shit. And I was like, I got to catch up. Well, I was, just, <laughs> I was just about to say, based on our group chat, you'd be hard pressed to find a Whiskey Myers show that Drake wasn't at. Yeah. I've been to like 12, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I, wouldn't call him a, I wouldn't call him a groupie, but. He walks up to the venue and be like, oh, he's with a band. <laughs> I wished. God. I like, would love to be able to open up for them one day. Like, I don't even care about being famous but if i could just open up for the people that i like like that'd be awesome if we can get them back at foothills that might be a uh dream come true yeah, if awesome. if houston ever opens up for whiskey myers i'll pray to god on the booking agent because i'm like screw you guys i'm going to the tour bus to talk to whiskey myers. <laughs> if houston ever opens up for whiskey myers i hope i remember the night because i got a feeling i'm gonna black out but that's the great thing about whiskey myers they bring a lot of small like smaller yeah. bands you like dalton domino Never did not have a clue who the dude was yeah. when he opened up for him. Now his stuff is in my rotation regularly. And uh there's another band. Uh Goodbye June. Yeah. Ooh. Good. So good. 
like southern rock to the core. Yeah. And I was like, Whiskey Myers wouldn't have brought them on if they didn't know like they were good. Yeah. But yeah, at the last Whiskey Myers show, Houston and I were at. Like Houston walked up, like we have this weird way of grading each other. Like Houston either sneaks up behind me or I sneak up behind him. Yeah. So him and Carly came up behind us. And he, like, grabbed my sides or something. Scared the shit out of me. Do I need to uh, exit the room for a minute? No. <laughs> like like I said, I was already, like, three or four whiskey doubles in. That's why I'm asking. And I don't do anything for a cold rafter. <laughs> Houston, yeah. I'm cu- oh. Well, we're just going to go ahead and throw a correction on that. <laughs> it is not the raptor edition. Uh, I'm chasing that Shelby. Oh, okay. Oh, now he makes a correction when yeah. you come at him with well, a, I mean, it's... I'm going to grab your hips. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. But anyway, like, difference there. he uh, he came up behind me. It was, right, it was right before Whiskey Myers actually came on the stage. And uh, through the whole show, like we were just like Who talking about open for you. Who did open for Whiskey Myers that show? I don't, I don't even remember. Bones Owens. Was it? Yeah, it was Bones Owens. Because we talked about, because you like had literally just gotten there. And we talked about how we couldn't really hear him over his guitar. Yeah. I mean, he was like, we were like, he might have been dope, but we couldn't literally hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but like for the whole set, Houston and I was like, every time a badass guitar solo, which Whiskey Myers is notorious for, uh-huh. would kick in, like we'd just look at each other. And then when they played Stone <laughs> and, you know, that long guitar solo in Stone, I looked at Houston, I was like, here it comes, here it comes, because I appreciate yeah. good music. And we were calling the set list. Yeah. <laughs> we're playing this next. Sure enough. I was waiting on to start rolling dice. and uh, I was going to say, that might be a sign deals. you've been to too many yeah. damn shows. <laughs> hey. I really appreciate somebody's music. In all fairness, that show that we hung out at was the uh, first show that they actually had swapped the uh, set list up in like two years because they had a new album coming out. Okay. Yeah. When? How long ago was that? Was that pre-Mud or... That was no. It was uh, when they first started playing songs from Whiskey Myers from yeah. the self-titled. Okay. Album. Yeah, it was the last time we played at Iron City. Mm-hmm. Which, was, which yeah, was Zydeco too, like maybe a year before that. That was when the dude had a gun falling out of his back pocket. <laughs> but it was, boy, we thought it was a gun. It was actually his wife's shoe. Oh yeah, sorry, because she was there. <laughs> what in the hell kind of shoe was she wearing? <laughs> Heels. <laughs> <laughs> Had that grip on it. So it looked like it was going. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they they change up their set list every now and then. You know they're going to play the hits like yeah. Virginia and Southern. Virginia, man, that one. A Ballad of a Southern Man. I love that song. But, uh, yeah, their, new al- or their newest album, like, it's probably one of my favorites. My buddy Eric, does, he wasn't a fan of this album, and I was like, I love it. Yeah. Well, for me, it's from the point of view that, it's their music, and they're doing it. They've got their sound. They're doing what they want to do, and that's what it's about. Exactly. Produced, and which oh, putting another, the art in artist. Yeah, another artist. I like Tyler Childers. He just dropped his new album. This, except one song, the rest of it is completely instrumental. Yeah, he's playing which, the fiddle. Yeah, and he and, caught a lot of backlash for that. And he caught, ba- he caught a lot of backlash for the video. Yeah. Well, yeah, all like, the instrumentals. And he hadn't been playing the fiddle very long. No. And but to me, what I the message I got from it was that's him getting back to his roots and getting there, to the roots of the music. There you go. Like you don't have to have a catchy lyric. Nope. To have good if your music alone can tell a story, then you're an artist. With Tyler Childers, he's a wordsmith. Mm-hmm. And he's 
very he's great at that. But he paints a picture with his lyrics. Yeah, but if he can still paint a picture with the music without the lyrics, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna put you in a tough spot here later. I'm not gonna say. Oh that, yeah, we're gonna put you in a really tough spot. But anyway, yeah, like <clears throat> music these days, we had that span of like ten years of bro country. Yeah, where words were words. Uh, Grady Smith like created this video. He kept a database of like all these like country chart topping hits. Yeah, and like talked about the lyrics and how so many were similar because like you got like. 10 maybe solid music or songwriters in Nashville. So he was like, yeah. look how much is, look how it's the same. And it wasn't just song, it was, uh, it was a lot on producing too. Yeah. Because a lot of them are using the same four producers. So you could take five of the top 10 songs and they all have the same chord. That's, that's, that, <laughs> I forget who it was, but oh man, that's going to bother me now. I watched a video basically, dude just brought out an acoustic guitar. And strum three chords and sung the oh, entire yeah. country top thirty chart. Yeah, yeah. I saw a TikTok like that. They played uh, one of Luke Bryan's songs, one of Parmalee songs, one of Blake Shelton's songs, and one of Florida Georgia Line songs. He never changed the yeah. tempo of the song. Yeah, and he still fit it into everything he was. Saying. It was. I think it was from like the two thousand fourteen for doing that because a lot of his songs are like that, but. He also writes his own songs. That's that's the key. That's why I love Riley because if you ever. I use Spotify. I don't know if Apple Music has the same thing, but when the song's playing, you can go to the song credits, yeah. and it has you know who writ or who wrote it, who produced it. You won't find yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that door education. <laughs> That's what happens when you get to come in an hour late, as long as you bring Jacks to your English class first block. Or anything besides that. <laughs> I don't want a name drop. I will shoot my favorite. Picture. I love Riley Green though. Yes, but back to my point. You won't find a Riley Green song that he didn't help at least either write himself or co-wrote. Yeah, yeah. I love Muscat on Bloodline too for that reason. Yeah, I was listening to their new album on the way over here. Actually, I'm so. Like, I listened, Shane's listened to it seven times. Today. Oh the yeah, so about, that was seven times at about noon. I think I'm at nine now. <laughs> Same thing about their new album. They're like, it's the way they want it. It it is a lot different than when they first started. Yeah, yeah. it's a different, totally different sound, but. It's what they wanted. And to me, when you're a successful musician and you can you're you can do that. it's your music. Yeah. So you can do with it what you want to. People are gonna like it, people are gonna hate it. It don't matter. But as long as you're doing what you're doing, you're making it. That's the beauty of it, yeah. You know they're gonna be on the podcast one day, right? Oh, I believe it. We're see it coming. We've been laying the groundwork over social media. Yeah. It's going to happen. I met Charlie one time at a. Yeah, I did was at uh, Cody Jinks. He had played at Druid City mm-hmm. one time, and one of my friends, her husband is, or he's one of the owners of Red Mountain Entertainment, and I had went with him, and we we're sitting there for the sound check, and Charlie was there, and because his well, girlfriend at the time, she was going to school down there, okay. and so we sat there and we talked a little bit. I mean, he's down earth guy, man. Like, there's people like that. Like, it don't matter what level of fame you're at. Like, you could be making millions, but as long as you take the time to spend with people that enjoy your music, because that's why you're at the place you're at. Well, Shane that's me, what I was going to say. Yeah. I Shane think we're on the same page here. Shane and me tweeted Charlie, because he's talked about how he's addicted to golf. Yeah. Shane and me tweeted, or I tweeted, 
uh, Charlie. Also, uh, Shane and I. Yeah, Shane and I. Shout out to that Dora education. (laughs) We'd love to have you down at our home course next time you're around Birmingham. Sucker tweeted back, be more than happy to when I'm around. I was like, there we go. There it is. That's that foundation. Yep. Gary, Gary. But also, I think that's why Muscadine Bloodline is growing the way they are is because they have such a social presence. Yeah. You, Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, anything, if you comment, reply, tweet at them, whatever, you're going to get a response yeah. from either their Muscadine Bloodline page or one of their personal accounts. Yeah. And that's and it's them running their page. That's it. Like, I understand you get to a certain point, like, say what comes. You don't run your Instagram. No. No. But, I don't know. Like, I've never met the guy mm-hmm. personally, so I can't. I have. Well, his music, but I don't know how he is as a person. <laughs> he seems down to earth. Yeah. At least. Super nice guy. But, like, Cody Jeans. I have met him, too. Or it was at the same time. I met him, and after his concert, I mean, dude, it was there was more people there than I've ever seen at Druid City. Like, you could not walk through there. Yeah. And he stood outside for an hour and a half after the show at the gate and sitting there talking to people, taking pictures, signing autographs to every single person come through there. We went to a concert up in Huntsville, and it was like, it was October-ish. All right, well, <clears throat> you know how everybody waits outside for the artists, like, to watch them go yeah. on a tour? Well, he came over to the fence. Well, we're further back in line, waiting talking to some members of the uh, Flocker group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden it starts raining. And I was like, I looked at Brittany, I was like, we're not going to get to meet him. It's raining. This son of gun was standing outside. His beard's blowing sideways because yeah. the wind's blowing so hard. With it raining, he stood outside and he was still standing out there talking to fans when we were leaving. Like, that speaks to the testament of this generation of country music. Like, yeah. They're not prima donnas. Yeah. They they want to spend time with their fans because they know they're the ones paying their bills right exactly. now. Exactly. And I'll hit y'all with a throwback too, because when you were saying all that, kind of popped up. Corey Smith. Yeah. He was the exact same way. We saw him at the Alabama Theater. Dude, I don't know how many times we listened to Corey Smith and the old Scion. Oh boy, <laughs> the old Scion. But but we just kind of happened to like stumble upon his tour bus, like leaving the theater, and we were just walking by, and I guess a couple of members of I don't I'm know. Like almost into it. (laughs) We were trying to walk down a sidewalk. It looked wider than it actually was. But we were like, is this Corey Smith's tour bus? In that, you know, typical drunken fashion. Guy's like, yeah. Well, damn. Dude comes off the bus. I mean, he's on there with his family, his wife, his two young kids. Two. I believe it's two kids at that time. Just enjoying time with his family, but he came off the tour bus, talked to us, signed autographs, took pictures, and behind us happened to form a line. And it was the same way. After we walked off, we stood there and kind of watched for a minute, and everybody in that line came up, got something signed, took pictures. He talked to them one-on-one for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like, that's that's how you... To me, that says a lot, man. I don't care if I really like your music, but I meet you and you're just a shitty person. I'm going to quit listening to mm-hmm. music. I'm not going to support you. But you see that more with independent artists than yeah. ones that are like Absolutely. have a record deal because I feel like the record label controls what these guys yeah. do when they're there because they're the ones that hire their tour managers and everything else and like with Cody Jinks or Corey Smith or Must Get On Bloodline and they're on such a time schedule. Yeah. I mean, I was standing in line to meet Luke Holmes and 
Raleigh Green, like this was before Raleigh really, really popped off. Yeah. And like he was over there at the bar ordering a drink. And when I saw him get his drink, he turned around. I was like, Raleigh. And I just said his name. And he like turned and looked. I was like, love your music, bro. He's like, he walked over there. He talked to me for a second. He's like, you want a picture? And I was like, yeah, my eyes are halfway closed because I'm just absolutely <laughs> blasted. But yeah, let's take a picture. Yes. And let Which me Which camera? <laughs> if you haven't ever seen Riley Green in person, that sun gun is tall. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, he's a college quarterback, so. Yeah. Well. But anyway, like Whiskey Myers, <laughs> the first Whiskey Myers show that I ever went to, they opened, or no, Ooh. kind of like three, but they opened for uh, Whiskey Myers. Whiskey Myers came out to their merch table after, and uh, Cody Cannon, the lead singer, he's, he had a cast on his arm. He had played guitar one-handed all night. First off, badass. Yeah. But uh, like this is when he had the long hair, no beard or anything going on. And I was just sitting there talking to him about music, and I was like, what happened to your hand? He's like, oh, I got shit-faced and just punched punched part of the bus. <laughs> That'll happen. That'll I was happen. Like, this is these are the people like I really want to invest my time musically yeah. into. And I feel like if you ever pop off, that's how you're gonna be, man. Like you're real. Yeah, man. I mean, nobody can be me better than I can. That's a fact. So I mean and I'm a firm believer in treating people good or treating people good, especially in the music business like or industry, whatever you want to call it. Um if those people support you why would you not take time to at least talk to somebody? I mean, because tour managers, people that are that's, some artists that are just tour managers, kind of, yeah, that's what Drake was touching yeah. on. You get the guy. That's the big difference between the independent and the big label guys. They're on big label guys are on such a time constraint because they're overbooked or whatever it may be. Yeah, you might get a meet and greet before the show, but it's going to be a hey, thanks for coming out. Here's a picture. Boom, next. Because hey, thanks for coming yeah. out. Here's a picture next. If you're in Birmingham and you got a show in Greenville, South Carolina, the next day, you got to freaking go. Yeah. Like, you don't have time for meet and greets. That's why you do it before the show. But when you're under contract, they're like, I can charge 100 bucks for a meet and greet. You're suckers. I, I'm, I'm sorry. You're suckers if you pay for a meet and greet. Absolutely. Because there are artists that will literally come out to their merch table or stand outside and wait on the fans. Yeah. And... No matter how big you get, like Whiskey Myers, Yellowstone, like there's so many people that are like, they heard Whiskey Myers on Yellowstone oh, yeah. after I've been trying to preach the gospel for years. <laughs> oh, no, man. That drives me crazy. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not hating you because I'm, I'm glad you're finally listening yeah. to their music. But I've been there since Cody Cannon was punching walls on his tour bus. Especially when I'm like, man, you ever heard this new band? Uh, <laughs> it's the one I've been not, listening man. to for six years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like you, but you see more real artists yeah. these days, and that's because there's people like us, where you either get out, succeed mentality, or I make something of myself. Yeah. Where I'm at, and I also I think it's like you said. I think the independent scene is kind of blowing up a lot more now too. So it's allowing these artists to be a little bit more free and be more creative. And that's why like Spotify, yeah. uh, SoundCloud. And everything else, it makes it so accessible. Like, I could play three chords on a guitar for two minutes, and I can upload it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Yeah. If it pops off, dope. I mean, Post Post Malone, like, he started on SoundCloud yeah. with one song with White Iverson. Yeah. 
Yeah. Look where he's at now. He's he is the biggest. That's not downplay White Iverson though. Oh, it's a fire song, certified jam. Yeah. But I mean, he is the biggest pop slash hip hop star going right now. Yeah. Which like they can't have concerts because of COVID, but like he made himself off of a free music platform. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people are doing that. I mean, yeah. Spotify, like, is opened that door for so many independent artists and stuff like that. And that's why I don't even listen to mainstream. Like, I don't listen to the radio. I can't all. tell you the last time I've turned on a radio station. Oh, I don't even listen to radio. Yeah. Ever. Oh, bro, when I turn on my truck and, like, my Bluetooth hasn't connected yet, yeah. before I pull out of the driveway, it's connected. <laughs> like, I just, I couldn't tell you. I mean, that's a fact. Top I, five or top ten are. Like, no. There's no way I could, because I don't listen to it. No. And the kind of music I like, you're not going to see it on mainstream. There there are many times during a day that I laugh, like cry laughing, because talking to these guys every day, like, I laugh a few times a day. Cody Jinks posted this long-ass post about uh, Sam Hunt, one of Sam Hunt's songs. Song. You saw that. Uh, yeah. saw that. <laughs> All right. It was about that... Um, Oh, what is the name? Song of Shane likes before I throw the, before we go Look, any further. A, I went and listened to it a lot. This is trash. Yeah, the it's only a, reason it's a, people like it is because it's so catchy. That's it. That's what I've tried to tell Drake so many times. I don't like the song in and of itself. I just like that it's a catchy tune. It like, could have been catchy without him. A classic. So the sample it is not Cody Jinx off. Okay. The sa- yeah, the sample is not great. What yeah. is it hard but, to forget? Yeah. yeah, the sample is what draws you into it, and then that stupid-ass catchy beat, you're just like, <sighs> Yeah. No, we turned it off, you didn't. I'm definitely not a Sam Hart fan. <laughs> I was at first when he was a songwriter. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I've fallen... Okay, I will, I'll agree with you on that, but... Was it Southside? Wasn't that the album? No, South... it was, uh... I think it's Southside. I think Southside was... Allo. No, I'm talking about the one where he switched. Oh, yeah. I think it was Southside. Yeah, Southside's when he totally switched. I've only seen him one time live, and that was at Rock the South, because I wanted to see the person before him and the person after. And he talked probably three-quarters of his set. Well, I mean, that's what his music is. It's talk music. But, like, before he would even start playing a song, he would just sit there and talk. I'm like, dude. That's not why we're here. I got news for you. The only person can talk in a song and it'd be okay is Johnny Cash. Yeah. That's a fact. Okay. <laughs> Drop yeah. that hammer. Yeah. Like but anyway, like when <laughs> Cody Jinks posted that, like it pissed me off. Yeah. I was like, same sentiment, bro. Yeah. Like that's where we are in radio country. It is. I can't, I can't listen to the radio. The best part was I think Drake sent me that Instagram post through a text. And so I replied back with a Snapchat of me just jamming hard to forget <laughs> just to piss him off. I mean, that's like. Florida George Wine. If you hear one song about Fireball, you've heard a whole album. <laughs> you talking about? I'll tell you right now. You watch yeah. your mouth. <laughs> Shane's episode was titled "Past the Premium Cinnamon Whiskey." <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you like Fireball, that's fine. I also, but I just evolved. want to throw out there, like when Florida George Wine first came out, they weren't that bad. No, they're, they they their set the album was their first one. Yeah, that's when they actually sang, and it was like two thousand. Nine, yeah, so like you could tell, like the industry kind of got a stranglehold on yeah. them, and that was when the whole bro country transition. Like they they were the founders of bro country. Yeah. Now, when they put out what is it, uh, "Dig Your Roots"? Is that the name of the album? Yeah. When that came out, when I understood, like, 
I need a better outlook on country music. Yeah. Was when I heard uh, that Dig Your Roots song that they sang. And I was like, man, this just sounds so much better, just slower, with more guitars and not a snap track. Yeah. I was so like, I mean, holy that's shit! A- I'm, I think I'm finding out what country music is. Well, I would kind of credit <laughs> Florida Georgia Line for introducing me to the subgenres of country. Yeah. Because yeah. before I just thought of country music as what you would hear on the radio, or like you said, Travis Allen, whoever it was, Brooks and Dunn. At that time, I didn't realize. All right, that's honky tonk. All right, now you're getting introduced to bro country. Now we're kind of falling into this like boyfriend country where every song is a love song about either loving your woman unconditionally or a tragic breakup. It's one or the other. Yeah. But then also because of Florida Georgia Line introducing me into that subgenre category, I found independent artists. I found Texas Red Dirt, which God bless. If you're not into Texas yeah. Red Dirt, get into it. You also <laughs> need to be able to distinguish Texas Red Dirt from Appalachia. Yeah. yeah, a lot Before of people. You, a lot yeah. of people will merge those two, and it's completely different. But it it sh- it opened my eyes to just this wide variety of country, and kind of the same way expanded my musical taste. Well, like I said, I think I've spoke about it before here on the podcast. Like I didn't hear about Cody Jinx until I'm cutting the grass. But I was listening to Whiskey Myers Radio on Pan- uh, Pandora, or Spotify, and Cody Jinx came on. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, I went down this rabbit hole and started yeah. listening to all these other artists like Pecos and the Rooftops. Yeah. Cole Wetzel. Yeah. And I was like, Shane Smith and the Saints. So I went through all of my library and deleted Bro Country and started adding all yeah. these, like, good country artists. Uh-huh. So, Texas Country is where it's at. Yeah. Like, I listen. <laughs> Thank you. I still listen to metal because that's, like, my. Yeah. That gets my aggression out. Have you heard Turnpike might be coming back? I heard that. I'm heard excited. I, Hopefully one day. I read that, man, I was like... Big F you yeah. to Miranda Lambert, though. I'll go ahead and say that right <laughs> now. Absolutely just flatlined what could have been one of the best country bands. Also, if you've never been to a Miranda Lambert concert, don't waste your money. And she lip-synced the whole time I was I was at a concert. Really? I almost fell asleep, and I'm not exaggerating. I felt bad because Brittany was like dead-ass sick when I took her to one, and Miranda pretty much lip-synced the whole time. We got free like, tickets to like, it through the military, and we overpaid for it. But yeah, no. So I like her songs. Yeah, she's put out some great albums. I just would not recommend seeing her live. No, yeah. ten out of ten wouldn't recommend. I've never. I don't guess I've ever seen her live. I mean, I do like her music. But I mean, it's easy to forget if you did. <laughs> <laughs> My. Uh, my cousin that we were talking about earlier, him and his wife, they or his wife, they showed uh, Gypsy Van and Forces. Okay. And they've done some shows in Texas. Well, Miranda Lambert shows also. So they've met her through that. But I mean, I'm not discrediting her as a person. Yeah, no, I think I think she's a great singer. But I, I, I think like she's put out some great albums. If I met somebody by singing live like that, I would already have. My opinion. So that's it. Like I can differentiate it because I'm an adult and I'm able to do that live. And what you hear in a a fully produced album is completely different. Yeah. That's how you. That's how you can really tell the talent of an artist. I'll tell you one guy. Y'all ever listen to Tab Benoit? Yeah. So he's got his own label, 
and it's called like I think it's Whiskey Bayou Records or something like that. Every artist that's on his label, every album they do, they record live. I love that. Yeah. And he and he was saying talking about his record label and how they record every album live. And he said, if you're not, if you can't, you know, if you have to use auto tune to make yourself sound good, he said, maybe you shouldn't be playing music. Yeah. Over overproduction and, is such a problem. Yeah. And he said, if you can't sound good live, then just stop. He said, so the rest of us real artists can make our way. And there you I'm go. Jeez. Like, yeah, come on. I mean, it's harsh, but it's true. Yeah. And, and that was the snooze fest of that concert. I mean, she stood in one place the entire time, so really wasn't much of a show. I've only seen one person at a live show standing in one place the entire time. That was George Strait. We had to rotate the stage. So oh, Hey, there you go. You ain't got to move around when the stage does yeah. it for you. I don't care if them suckers stay in one place. Like, Alan Jackson sits on yeah. a bar stool the whole time he's playing. The first time I saw Luke Combs, it was at Druid City. And, dude, he stood in one place. And didn't move. He stood there with a cup in his hand, his hand in his pocket. Oh, no. So, when I saw him down in Louisiana, boy, he was. Well, I saw him at BJCC when he was there like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the best shows I've been to. That's that's exactly what I was going to say, buddy. He came out and he had some great opening acts. He had Jameson Rogers and. uh, Morgan Wallen? Yeah, Morgan Wallen. How can you forget Morgan Wallen? I didn't forget Morgan Wallen. I was just drawing a blank on it at the time. Yeah, when I saw him, I think it was. Co. Not a big fan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, but the, he's friends with him. And so, so he was helping his friends out. I'm like, the, the one oh, knock I had against that entire show was Morgan Wallen ended his set with his cover of Cover Me Up. And I was like, subject. yeah. So I was like, hey, we were up here. You know, we're, we're rocking. And then yeah. you hit us with the cover. Great cover. Like, if, if yeah. I had to pick somebody to cover it, he, he done it. He done a hell of a job on it. I wish more people knew it was a cover, though. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Which, now, I will give him credit for that. So, when he was introducing it, he made sure that he got that yeah. point across 100%. <laughs> that was a Jason Isbell cover. Jason Isbell's one of the greatest yeah. songs. And, and Jason, Is- Jason Isbell's even, like, written off on it. Like, yeah. he loves Morgan Wallen's cover of it. Yeah. But he played that, and, like, everybody just kind of hit that, like, yeah. all right, we got our flashlights up because nobody uses a lighter anymore. <laughs> And then when Luke came out, buddy, it was like the roof got blown yeah. off that place and it didn't come back down the entire show. That's one thing that really got me back in the wanting to start a band and play music was when I saw Luke Combs. And kind of looked like him. Oh, my God. I get that. <laughs> I wish I had a dog. You, if you something. threw on a PFG I'll shirt and hat right now. See, the thing is, is I like to wear Columbia stuff also because I'm a big guy and they're breezy. There you go. Like, <laughs> we've been out. It's happening in Druid City, like different bars and stuff. Like, we've been out and people come up and want to take a picture with because they're wasted. And they like, start charging. Yeah, so, no, what I was going to say, if you <laughs> cut your sideburns off, <laughs> it's game over. <laughs> but I will say my beard looks a lot better. Than that, oh, that's what I mean. If you cut your sideburns off, you would it would be perfect. But how how do you feel about uh, starting like, you're like your own band? Like, do you feel like positive about it? Yeah, man, I feel good about it. I was going to say, I don't think Houston can feel anything Mm -hmm. but positive. Well, I mean, a lot, I have been, have been very skeptical of starting a band like before, but now, which, I wish I would have done something on music before now, but 
everything has a time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at the point to where, and I have wrote originals. Um, seriously, considering I mean, I'm there. I'm going to end up recording one of my originals and try to get it out there. But oh, we'll get it out there. <laughs> but now, now I'm I'm just like I don't really. If I play music that I like, I know there's other people that like the kind of music I like, and also my own style of music, because everybody has their own sound, and not that I'm trying to copy anybody, but if I just play what I like, somebody's going to like it. That's not a fact. everybody will, but somebody will. Yeah. And if somebody can enjoy it, especially a song that I wrote, if somebody can relate to that, for me, that's what it's all about. There you yeah. go. And if, I don't care. Like, if somebody don't like it, that's fine. That's their opinion of it. I don't like everybody else's music either, so. Everyone's got their own taste. I'm excited about it. Got some, hopefully some things lined up in the future. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're talented, and I know that you'll surround yourself with good people that you trust, that are reliable and available. At the same time, reliability and availability are huge, huge things, no matter what you're doing. Like, that's why Shane's here, because I can rely on him. I know he's available. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Cortland doesn't like get too mad at me sometimes. Nah, nah. She's but, been very understanding of it. But yeah, like I know you're gonna build this solid band around you. Yeah. And hopefully you you take the same track as Lane takes. Like, work your way around here, bud, and then uh, move up. Move I don't up know to. If I see myself moving up there, but I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not really chasing fame or anything. Just. If I could play music and travel, I mean that's that's making it for me. Do what makes you happy. Yeah, and as long as your music is getting out and affecting somebody, that's what you want. People can appreciate the music we put out, and to me, that's making it. Yeah, and even if I just open up for people, that's still a dream. Hey, there you go. So, well, if you're a millionaire by forty, you'll be able to play like these local shows, get paid. A grand and a half a gig, split up four ways for whatever, you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, Not a bad extra income there for a millionaire. Uh, when I make it to that level financially, which I'm going to, claiming it. Um, Claim a name, baby. Like, when it comes to music, like, especially around here, I'll probably play a lot of music for free. Yeah. Like, just, I would love to see. Well, that's just because you love music. Yeah. Like, I would love to see music being here. Yeah. And might happen one day. Maybe one day I could contribute to that. If only you It'll know. happen with you. When that time comes, if only you know an investor. <laughs> <laughs> if you need somebody to sling merch, I got you. Yeah. I'll work your merch table. Yeah, but really, I would, just, I think, like, being on a bus and traveling, that really appeals to me because me being the person I am, I don't like doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. And, that would be some. Yes, it would get old. Like you would miss home. Obviously, I miss home if I'm going two weeks. Or so longer. you brought up Musky Down Bloodlines' new album. Yeah. Uh, more than or just a van. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're I elaborating? Up, I was pulling up. I was listening to that exact song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that's true. Like, I could, I could totally understand where he's coming from on that song. Like, yeah, it just. It kind of touches to like what we were talking about earlier when you move off and but you're still missing home. Yeah. You're missing where you come from. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, even when we were in Florida, 
I missed home. I was ready to come back. Like, yeah, the bad news I got while I was there sucked, but that didn't stop me from the fourth or fifth day. I was like, I'm totally relaxed with my life. Not doing shit. Yeah. I was ready to come back home, though. Because also I have a dog. I love my dog. <laughs> Anybody that comes in my house knows how much Zeusy means to me. We've got three dogs. I've got a raw wallet. Oh. Yeah, no. He is like <laughs> my kid. Like, I swear, he's the best dog I ever had. Yeah. And, I mean, we don't have kids, so the dogs are our kids. But it's that it's that loyalty that, I guess it's like, you know, your home people aren't going to turn their back yeah. on you. Your dog's not going to turn your back on you. Your family, they're not, no matter what you do. And I feel like that's what all three of us sitting in here, yeah. we rely on because, like, I've been loyal to Shane. Shane's been loyal to me for 10 years, give or take. Me and you have been loyal to each other for our whole lives. Like, no matter how how much time passes without us talking to each other, yeah. like, I, I know I can text you or you can text me to Whiskey Myers concert or whatever. No, it could, and we're we're the there for each other. With you guys and basically most of the people that we were friends with through high school, like, it can be years. I was going to say. If I don't talk to somebody, but when you have those kind of people in your life, like, we can pick up. Yeah. Like with y'all. The reunion. We never left off. The reunion, dude. Like, I hadn't, that was the first time I'd seen you in probably six years. And, I mean, we might have talked on Facebook once or twice. Yeah. But we picked up, like you said. I mean, like, it hadn't been. Thirty minutes since we seen each other. Matt's parents' basement, buddy. Talk <laughs> about just yeah. flooding memories there. <laughs> Great time. I've told Carly so many stories about like from back then. Oh yeah, I was like you get to experience it. There you that, go. That is the perfect transition right there for the next topic. Is like I said, we're we're all loyal to each other. Uh, Houston and I have known each other since <clears throat> freaking pre kindergarten days. Yeah. You and me, we talked every day for the past eight, nine, ten years, however long it's been. Like. Those friends, those memories that you make, like at the the basement, yeah, when we all about died from fireworks, <laughs> or I just about died a bunch of times, buddy. It wasn't Jefferson. just the fireworks, <laughs> or that time was I, Jefferson Hills. I mean, like Houston and I, like we we jumped over bonfires together. I miss Fire Fridays. Yeah, yeah hey, we w- need to bring that back. WJ Fire, Fire Fridays. They may not be WJ, but no. we want to have fire. Buddy, you send me a time and place, and I'm I'll there. We need to do it. Like, Houston and I go so far back. Like, you talked about the sign. Like, I got this sign, uh, XB. The old right, box car. Right after I graduated high school. Yeah, it's when it went from looking like a toaster oven to a modern-day toaster oven because it was more rounded. <laughs> yeah, that thing could take a curve down in Cordova to a 90, though. Yeah. I'm glad you know. I was going to come on the podcast and catch charges. <laughs> Uh, this What's like, the statute of limitations on that? <laughs> this is like 12 years ago. That's how far Houston and I go back. And uh, even like Beer Bottle Hill. If, if you grew up in Walker County, you've, you've got to know where Beer Bottle yeah. Hill is. Like, I remember the, uh, Houston came up with all of us one night. And <laughs> I jumped over a uh, the fire. <laughs> and I was in like boots. And I can't remember what else. But I rolled my ankle when I jumped because I was like, Twelve beers deep. Something like your dance top of his car. Yes, yes, it Shane, is. Shane was crying in his car. I can't remember why, and I felt bad once I once I realized the, the circumstances. But Shane's in his in his car crying. Shout out Luke but, Bryan. But there's a picture of me standing up on top of his car dancing. Yeah, 
That's when I come down there to meet y'all at the gate. And I was like, yeah, y'all can just follow me. And then we went through it. <laughs> yeah. Buddy, shout out to that Xterra, because how that thing made it through, I will never know. Was that the night you ki- you almost killed me? Yeah, well, nobody told me you were on the freaking hood of the or the roof of the car, so I'm just huge. I lost Houston at that point because he's like, "Yeah, follow me." I already, I'm already through one rut. I'm not gonna risk it again. So I see Houston's tail lights fade, and I was like, "I think I know where I'm going. I'm gonna go this way, buddy." That dirt road turned into a four wheeler track real fast. Shane hit those brakes. I know we told this story on his podcast, but Shane hit those brakes. Yeah. And Drake went from a roof ornament to a hood ornament real fast. <laughs> oh, man. I remember one particular time. When was your birthday? There. 17th. That was the night. Oh, grass water will get you every time. That was the night I met my future wife and buddy. Yeah. Before we go into grass water, real quick, the last vacation Brittany and I went on, uh, our bartender made something called pond water. Well, this sucker brought out Sprite, uh, citrus mix, Vodka. That just sounds great. So he made a grass water. That sounds like grass water with extra stuff. I sent them a picture in the group, and it was like, my bartender just made me grass water. And then Colby was like, Colby was like, that bartender should lose his credentials ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I told Carly about that, about grass water. I would love to have all you guys over for a bonfire one night. Let's do it. it. Let's have some grass water for old times. Buddy, I'm about it. I'm not. Oh, Boys you're crack. for a while. <laughs> Grass water hurts, man. Nah. nah Especially coming back up with Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I started my night with the uh, Route 44 ocean water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then moved into the grass water. You're, there was one night we were up at uh, Beer Bottle Hill and we all had milkshakes, but we had like stuff to mix our drinks with. And I was sitting there next to Shane. And I was like, I can't get my milkshake to come up through the straw. And this sucker, like, just pulls my milkshake away. And he lifts up my lid. And Summit and Sonic had left the top of the whipped cream oh my uh-huh. <laughs> in my cup. And Shane was like, no wonder you can't drink it because, like, you're getting a blockage. And I looked, yeah. I was like, what block? What, what's this blockage you're talking about? <laughs> Shane just pulls out the whipped cream lid. And I was like, you've got to be oh absolutely shitting God. me. You know they saw that. Oh, yeah. My dude, I know exactly what happened. He went over there and started pouring the whipped cream. That thing snapped on him, and he went, hell, they'll never notice. (laughs) So we drove back to Sonic, and I got this, uh, I can't remember who was, whoever was working there, to fix it. And I was like, yeah, I found this in my milkshake. So they gave it to me for free. So we just, like, literally got the milkshake and just highballed it back to to West Jefferson. But, like... Man, Beer Bottle Hill was just such a community a place for us. Because you had people, you had Zdora people, and then you had Corner people. You had Oak Grove. Grove. Uh, Oak Grove was at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we wouldn't let them up the hill. Shout out to our friend. Time, shout out to Mason. <laughs> oh, Mason God. Bailey. Mason Bailey is one of yeah. our good, good friends. Mason Mason was the uh, the gatekeeper of the Oak Grove folks, and <laughs> buddy, he, he kept that, that, that thing like locked. 100 people were fighting. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we let them know real quick. <laughs> I think once Porkchop came out, they kind of got the idea they wasn't welcome. <laughs> yeah. That that night actually transpired into like a week-long fest of just yeah. fiasco. I'm pretty sure not so long after that fight's when we split up the Walmart parking lot. 
no, they all hung out there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's what I meant. That fight led into the whole Walmart parking lot turf war that led to us going to Gardendale and doing some things <laughs> in a Dollar General parking lot that I won't <laughs> oh, speak <man>. of. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not ashamed. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not ashamed, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm ashamed of the Walmart parking lot days. Yeah, but hey, it grew. That also goes into there being nothing to do around here. Yeah, you. like now there's stuff to do. But yeah, listen, I've been heavy on that Muscadine Bloodline. I, I know we keep touching on it, but that nothing much to do song. Dude, I, when I heard that the first time, I was like, "That's us." We're that's about that's it. Guy with our buddy with a truck and a beard and a fake ID. It's yep. Martin. Yep. <laughs> yep. Martin had his brother's ID. Yep. <laughs> Or if you'd go down to Roddy Dales, down there in West Jefferson, it don't matter yeah, how it, old you it, are. You could throw a freaking Monopoly card up there, bro. I'll take it. <laughs> the first time I ever went to Roddy's, your boy was shaking, obviously nervous. Like, am I going to get carded? And I just set the beer up there, and I was just like twiddling my fingers. And he's like, oh, it's like X amount of however much it costs. So I'm like, I just handed the money. Like, you could tell I was shaking. <laughs> he just took it and gave me my change back. And I got out. I was like, holy shit, I made it. <laughs> hey, as long as you go in there with them greenbacks, that's all that matters. So, right up the road from where Roddy's was, was the end of the road I grew up on. And me and my cousin, we would ride bicycles to Roddy's. And they used to have the best cheeseburger in the world. I mean, just the greediest cheeseburger you've ever seen. That's what makes it. But <laughs> we were like, which... Scott, he's older than I am, but I was probably, I was probably a good eight or nine, and not going to lie, bought a tall boy. <laughs> 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 it didn't matter. Real big John Daly vibes there. I've been drinking <laughs> since I was eight. Uh, that's the first time I ever had a tall boy. Houston sitting there on the at West Jefferson Pond. <laughs> you reckon I could, you reckon I a could catch a fish with this bush? <laughs> Man, like, dude, we had some times up there, though. Yeah. Like I said, Houston and I go way back. Like, we, we had a bonfire at a secret fishing spot. Oh, I forgot all that. One day. Like New Year's or something? Yeah. Uh, Colby and uh, Martin. Yeah, and Monster. Somebody else was there. Yeah, we were pounding. Sick invite. We weren't friends then. Okay, I didn't know you existed. But, uh, like, we, we went there and I brought the Jaeger. And Jack Daniels, I feel like it was Jack Daniels. Yeah. Oh my God! We were jumping over the fire then too. Yeah, we we're jumping <laughs> over the fire then. Clear pattern. I was more. <laughs> I was more agile then, and didn't have to worry about rolling my ankle, which the fire wasn't as big as there's it was. A, there's a picture of that somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, speaking of fires, you brought up my birthday. Do you remember Martin sitting that just? mound of tires i was sitting on <laughs> on fire oh while i'm sitting on top of it he had to have put four gallons of diesel fuel oh, into these tires too and that, just lights it up that we're all still alive. it really is yeah man For sure no it's colby was it you or colby on that jet ski so so it was both of us colby was in the front i was in the back and that tow hook snapped oh my god you could hear the wind. Like I was, I was fortunate enough to already be leaning off to the side because we were kind of taking that little curve right there. Colby was still sitting straight up, and how that thing didn't catch him right in the face, I will never know. But like I heard the wind come off of that hook when it came by us. I jumped off. I might have peed myself a little bit. I'm not sure. 
But I thought for sure Kobe was dead. Like, I thought when I jumped off of that thing, I was going to turn around and just see, like, real big JFK vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, I feel like Beer Ball Hill was the convening grounds for all of us. Yeah, I think it helped us grow, like, not only as, like, a group of friends, but, like, individually, too. Yeah, for sure. Because I taught myself, hey, when you're uh, absolutely blasted, don't drink jump don't jump over a bonfire because i couldn't walk for like a week and a half because i rolled my ankle which that that Go bonfire was actually pretty big. <laughs> don't ride on the roof of uh shane's truck it's when quite he's... literally trial by fire oh god <laughs> i'm gonna write a song you should write it has a song. to do with beer bottle hill or one just called matt's basement <laughs> hey i like i like both of those topics see matt's basement is funny because we all gathered there at some point yeah. was in it time. Was i remember it? one night we lost shane but he caught religion and then <laughs> church down the road that's exactly what i was about to ask weren't <laughs> you the one driving that come and pick me up <laughs> oh man yeah. shane walked through west jefferson i put some miles on them tennis shoes <laughs> Because I'll tell you, I, again, it's more we're all still I didn't start out in a driveway. <laughs> it, it I, is. Went, I went to um, relieve myself in the wood line there, and something just kept calling me further and further out. And the <laughs> next thing I knew, I was, for lack of a better term, just knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> that was probably the Lord <laughs> telling, you to, <laughs> telling you to change your ways, and you just uh, let it haven't yet. <laughs> Well, no, man, that, instead, you left a bottle of wrist crap on the steps. Well, yeah, you got to pay pay uh, pay your dues. Yeah. <laughs> that was his offering. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you somebody down there took advantage of it. Well, Might have been up. Jeff. <laughs> the last time I remember all of us being at Matt's was uh, New Year's. Was it New Year's? Is it New Year's or 4th of July? Whatever fireworks were involved in. That was when we had those, uh, daggone, what are they called? Edward's 40 hands? Well, no, we also done that, but we had them big old booming fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody lit one, like, <laughs> right behind someone's car, and the, uh, the, the artillery shell tube had yeah, swollen. Yeah, they, they were called artillery yeah. shells. Well, no, it wasn't that. We were So, if you're unfamiliar, when you buy artillery shells, they come in tubes. So, when you buy the shells, shoot them in the tube they come in, because if you try to put a smaller artillery shell in a bigger tube... It don't work out. That thing don't fly right. It'll it'll kind of itself out and blow up on the ground, and everyone within a 40-mile radius of it is in danger. Yeah, and 40 miles was not enough for all of us because I was under a car before I knew it, and uh, all I knew is somebody lit the fuse. You heard the thud that an artillery shell is supposed to make. And they're like, that didn't go out of the tube. Something else just like <laughs> fell to the ground and it exploded. I think somebody also tried to throw one in the drainage ditch too there under Matt's driveway. I think it was Martin. <laughs> Martin Wallace. The point so of, shout out to that drainage tube for not just collapsing on itself. The point of that is don't give uh, underage minors fireworks. Yeah. Or alcohol. Or yeah. alcohol. Remember when I, we all used to ice each other? <sighs> Colby James's day is coming. <laughs> so you don't know this, Colby. 
you want to talk about one of the best icings I've ever seen. We yeah, all came back over here. I don't we'll, we'll transition out after this, but yeah, go ahead. It was like a birthday party or I don't even remember why we were all together. But we all went out and ate and we were going to come back over here, hang out, play some games. And me and Colby stopped at the gas station and Colby was like, "I'm an ice drink." I was like, hey, "You know, ice this man in his own home. That's that's messed up, but I'm on board with it. Let's do it." So Kobe buys it, and we get back here, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do it, because, yeah. you know, obviously everybody's here. So, Kobe takes it, wraps it up in a paper towel, writes Drake's name on it, and <laughs> stuck it in the refrigerator. Well, this kind of shows you how oh little attention Drake pay, play, uh, pays to his refrigerator, because we all get a text in the group chat about three? No, it was just a week later. Okay, it was like a week later. <laughs> Felt like way longer, <laughs> but it's a picture of the damn Smirnoff bottle. You no. want to talk about a long Ooh. con? I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct Shane. It was not a Smirnoff bottle. It was a 24 ounce can. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Smirnoff bottle. <laughs> Which now that I'm thinking about, it, we were in Gardendale in that gas station that we stopped at. The only Smirnoff they had because we looked for the bottles it was a screwdriver. <laughs> it was a screwdriver, and it was in a tall boy. <laughs> Oh, it's not good. Oh, try drinking it all in once. But is the fact of like Shane sent the sent a text along the line of like that's the best longest ice I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it literally like, we had all forgotten about it at that point because <laughs> which actually proved to everybody that I'm not an alcoholic. Like all my beer and stuff stays in the uh, the bottom drawer. So if I opened it a week later, that shows you I'm not. You know, what, actually there wasn't anything in your bottom. So, well, I will say this much. As as many times as I've come over here recently, I think I've drank more beer in this house than Drake has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I drink whiskey. Yeah, he, he, he's got a more refined like palate. I definitely don't drink like I used to. No. I do partake every now and then. Yeah. That's about it. I'll, I'll, I'll dabble, but I'm not nearly as bad as I used to be. I mean, I do get a get a hankering to tie one on every now and then. But, well, I mean, you have to. <laughs> yeah. Keep I yourself honest. Down. Yeah. My old age, I guess. Well, I I don't I don't I don't drink like I used to, mostly because we don't all hang out like we used to. So if I do, it's three or four at the house after dinner or something. I think when we were younger, that was our main problem. We just would feed off each other. Exactly. It was numb eyes. You're doing that. You're doing that. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna do it too. Let's say you can get to numb eyes the quickest. Yeah. yeah. Blood like platters. Yeah. Dude, do you, are we still on story time? Yeah. Okay. Dude, do you remember, it had to be like senior year, maybe we might have just graduated, but me and you going upstairs and just sitting in the living room and just absolutely slapping the piss out of each other <laughs> for no apparent reason. I don't yeah. know how we got I to the point. We were all, I, the last thing I remember, we were all hanging out in the basement. Shout out to Matt's basement. Me and you went upstairs for some reason. And the, the next thing I remember is Cortland coming up there because me and you were both sitting there just laughing hysterically. <laughs> and she's like, what are y'all doing? You hauled off, slapped the shit out of me. We laugh about it. I hauled off, slapped the shit out of you. And she's like, stop. And we were still laughing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it started or why, but it was just, it was just one of them things <laughs> where... It just, just happened. Yeah. Which that, that's a good segue into... uh. We're gonna we're about to introduce two new segments to you guys. 
Uh, like I said, things are going to be different with uh, Shane and I co-hosting the podcast. New segments, new talks, everything else. So, with that, Shane just asked if story time's continuing. We have a new segment called Story Time from the 6-4. And, I, mean, uh, I meant to say, are, are we about to get into story time? Sorry. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, Story Time from the 6-4, a.k.a. Walker County, has now commenced uh, Houston. Best story, memory, whatever, from your time here in Walker County. Man. I, it, it, it does feel like you're on the spot, so you don't have to give us your absolute best, but what we're hoping for here is just something that kind of sparks. I know we talked a lot about some of our old shenanigans we got into. Yeah. So just, I mean, it doesn't have to be from high school, just something that to you kind of stands out from some, your time here. Yeah, something that just clicks. Because we're about to go into story time with Empire and Sipsy later yeah. in later episodes. Man, it's tough. I'd have to pick one. All I have are stories. Oh, yeah. That's why we're happy to do this with you. Yeah. Because you are <laughs> one of the best storytellers that I've ever heard. I guess, uh, man, I, when I think about stories, I think about my granddad. that He recently just passed away, and which was complications due to COVID and he uh he was one of the best storytellers I've ever known and as he got older I heard the stories a million times but I would still let him let him tell them every single time and he every time I think stories I think about him and I remember growing up and down there in Quentin like we lived right behind my grandparents and my granddad if you knew him, his name is Buddy Nolan. If yeah. you knew him, you just knew him. There, there's no way to describe him. Like he was, he was one of the craziest, but one of the best people I knew. And I guess growing up in Walker County, like we do stuff a lot different yeah. here, especially uh-huh. when we were growing up, than you could do anywhere else. So the road that I grew up on, they had cut it in half because they were putting the new interstate there which is i-22 now and it was just dirt then and we had gone down there and i just got i think it was either right after my birthday or right after christmas i got a new shotgun which walker county we give our kids shotguns (laughs) (laughs) come on now so i was like man eight or nine and i was so proud of my new shotgun and he said well come on we'll go down here and go skeet shooting well, our neighbors that lived across the road, they didn't exactly get along. And so where we were at on the new interstate, which was dirt then, um, was at the back of his property. And so we're back there skeet shooting. My granddad's throwing them up, and I'm shooting them. And the next thing I see at the top of the hill is a truck pull up. <laughs> well, I knew it was a neighbor. And he starts yelling at us. We're going to hit his house, but... My granddad started yelling back. He said, it's just a 20-gauge shotgun. He said, it's not going to make it up there. <laughs> he said, I'm going to call the law. He said, well, call the law. <laughs> he said, you think I'm scared of the police? And I was like, God. And so he said, all right. I was like, well, do we need to go? He said, no, keep shooting. I was like, but he's at the top of the hill. He said, he'll move. So he threw the skeet up and I just fired away. He'll move. <laughs> and he took off running. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he took off running, jumped in his truck, and took off. And he's, and 
he I shot a few more and he said, Well, we should probably go. I said, Well, he said, no, I probably caught them all. <laughs> There's your first story time. Uh, I I mean, call the law. <laughs> Good luck topping that. Uh, man, he'll move. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he says. He'll move. Go ahead, shoot it. Do we, do we have your permission to make a t-shirt saying he'll move? He'll move. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so, good stuff. Buddy Nolan, though. Yep, yep. So when you uh, grow you, you kind of grew up around Empire, too. Yeah. You and me you shared the same stomping grounds for a while. Yeah. Uh, what's, like, what's the craziest thing you've seen over there? Because, like, I'll get into story time, like, later down the line, but this is just the introduction to the to this segment but what's what's something in empire you saw that you'll never forget empire man <laughs> she's a different beast in her own right Ooh, that, empire should be its own county that's, that's that literally what i was about to say i feel like you got walker county and then you got empire yeah. winston county got the best thing of the deal because they're the free state of winston like the free state of empire could have really succeeded hey we still love our winston county yeah, listeners we do. um It's tough. Uh, you know, you have a hard time picking it up then. Man. There's been a lot of times. A lot of crazy things, like just from growing up, then like Gabe's house and stuff like that. Yeah. Shout um, out to Gabe. Yeah. I don't know if he listens or not. I ain't seen that guy in a while. Um, I guess one of the craziest things was I was hauling some garbage. From my grandparents' house, and and a a bag of garbage blew out, and the uh, the guy behind me it didn't hit his car or anything, and he got out or he come up blowing his horn and everything, which I pulled over because I was gonna go back and pick it up, and he come up and. If you've been Empire, you know you're a stereotypical Empire person, and which he was. That's he a very polite out. way of putting it there. Yeah, he jumped out yelling at me, saying that I hit his car with a bag of garbage and never touched it. I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, it didn't hit your car or anything. And he said, oh, yeah, I know it did. I said, no, it didn't. I said, I was watching that. I said, but I'm about to go pick it up. I said, I mean, whatever. And, well, he said, you must not know who I am. I said, well, I don't really give a shit who you are. <laughs> I said, but I'm going to go pick up this bag of garbage. Well, then he threatened that he was going to whoop me and all that. And me being the person I am, I was like, okay then. And Try me, bitch. He, uh, <laughs> Hope you brought a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you better bring about four or five people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he, uh, then he tried to rob me. So I was like... <laughs> Okay, so he went back to his car, and he come back. While I'm picking up the garbage, like, I done put it back in my truck. And he followed me the whole way, and then walked to his car, and then come back to my truck. And he said, well, I'm about to rob you. And I was like, well, I'm glad you gave me a heads up on that. <laughs> and he had a box cutter in his hand. And I was like, all right, so me, always packing. There <laughs> so, you go. So he walks up, and he said, give me your money. This man, I've been robbed, or attempted to be robbed quite a few times in my life. Yeah. And this guy, he had a box cutter, and I was like, all right, so I acted scared. 
Well, I knew I had a pistol laying right in my truck. And he, uh, I said, hold on, I'll give it to you. And so I pulled out my gun and pointed at him. Well, he didn't want to fight no more. And he well, didn't want to rob me no more either. Quite literally the definition of don't bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> then the man, <laughs> he put his knife down. He's like, hey, man, let's just talk about this. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, boss, I think I'm good. I'm done on talking. he was obviously on something because, like, he couldn't stay still. And he ended up inviting me to his family's. It was close to Thanksgiving, so he ended up inviting me to his family's Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm interested, man. And he's like, Well, I said, All right. He said, You got any pills on you? And I said, No. So Fresh we just out, bud. Went our separate ways, and he said, All right, man. Well, I hope to see you around. And I was like, What just happened? So that's probably my craziest thing. I, I'd say that's a pretty dang good. That's one. a good way to start yeah. it off. Yeah. <laughs> like it went so many different ways. Oh yeah, and that was like within ten minutes. <laughs> that's like, uh, like I, I spoke about on Juicy's podcast. How I got told like I'd be buried if I'm found where I'm at, where I was at, ever again. Yeah, and I just walked away. Well, the same dude like waved at me while I'm going down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Welcome to Empire, where you're loved and told you're killed in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, like I said, we have two new segments that we're going to start bringing into uh, the podcast. <laughs> so it's bot. So it's banger, once, trash. I just spit I out. Matter, but... <laughs> I spit out. <laughs> so to get us back on track, it's called bot, banger, once, trash. It's our version we're gonna of... MFK. Yeah. So we're going to present you with three albums. You got to choose one that is a banger. You would listen to it on repeat, nonstop. That's the one you want to marry. You got once. Obviously, that's the one you're going to fornicate. You listen to it once. You appreciate it. That's all there is to it. And then you got trash. Completely disregarded, obviously. Drake has pre-written down three albums. I don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. So we're both going to be getting some pretty raw reactions here. So Drake. Yeah, Shane and I will take turns on presenting these albums to the guests or to each other to uh, make it more controversial about your decision. But it's new segments where, like I said, we're trying to add content and stuff to the podcast. So, but, banger. Once, trash. You ready? I'm ready, man. All right. You re- you sure? Yeah. Someone throws three solid albums it's at you. Timed or no, it's no. not timed. I'm All nervous right. too because I want us to spitball on it for just a few moments. Three bangers. Because this episode's <laughs> running very very long, which that's okay. That's what you, what you get when you get three good friends that's known each other for a long time together. To oh, I'm definitely going to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Houston and Shane, here are. This week's three albums for Bot. Are you ready? Yeah. Shane's doing a drum roll. <laughs> Shaking everybody's microphones. All right. So you have Eric Church, Chief, Tyler Childers, Purgatory, oh my Cody God. Jinks, The Adobe Sessions. Oh. B.O.T. You got Man. one's a banger, one's a once, one's a trash. Oh. Everybody's hands just went above their heads. Man. 
You may give you mine because I, I I'll give you mine first out of fairness. Yeah, I feel like that's right since you wrote it. So that's how we'll do that. Since okay. You, yeah. So if I had a banger that I'd listen to nonstop, it's Cody Jinx, UW Sessions. If I had one album to play one time and be done with it, it's Tyler Childers, Purgatory. If I had trash, as in an album that I would not listen to ever, it's Eric Church, Chief. Oh, man. All right, so you you still on it, Houston? Um, I think for me, I'll oh, go ahead. If you're ready, go ahead. Man, I don't know. I think for me, banger would be purgatory because I mean that's that's one I still listen to. Right, so all right, so we're on the same page there, and, then. Man, cheap. That was a signature album, but Dobie Session. It's also my favorite. Uh huh. Cody Jinks. Um. I have a tough time trashing Chief. Yeah. Chief was such a staple. I think, I think I'm in the same boat. I think, uh... But one, I... D- one time. Yeah. Probably Chief. And then... As big a Cody Jinx fan I am. Yeah. I think, I think, I think me... Album, yeah, so I think me and Houston are in the exact same boat where Purgatory, I, I don't think I could ever get tired of hearing Purgatory. Yeah. If and in that situation with the three you presented, I can't trash Chief. Chief was, yeah. God, dude. Chief was, like I said, it was a staple, dude. Like that was one of the first. Like, I mean, it it kind of goes hand in hand with Purgatory. Like that's one I could just listen to on repeat nonstop. <laughs> to I mean, same thing with the Adobe Sessions. Like yeah, I know, man. That's that's, that's, that's a tough, tough one. Like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, you made me. Yeah, I think I like I, like you we're said, gonna ask hard questions on this segment all like, the time. For me, and I guess me and Houston both here, it's got to go Purgatory, Chief, and unfortunately, as painful as it is, yeah. yeah. Man, see, like the Adobe sessions, like I have four thousand or five thousand songs in my playlist yeah. that I've like downloaded and kept. There are days where I'll turn on the Adobe sessions and not skip yeah. a song on that whole album. There's the there's a oh, few yeah. songs on Chief that I skip. Yeah. But on Purgatory Yeah, I don't skip any song. No, Purgatory. No, I don't is skip just... it either. But but at the same time, like with the Adobe sessions, I don't skip a song. Yeah. If when I finish the album, I can start it all over again and not be mad at it. Well, I think you got me. birds, gray. I think no, no, gray's not on. No, there. but uh, but you got birds, mama song, loud and heavy. Mama yeah. song's so, so See, good. mama know, song hits hard I for me because so yeah, <laughs> because when mom like mom died, like yeah. yeah, there's like after mom died, no matter what Cody Jean's concerts have been, which has been a few, like that song hits hard just because yeah. of how mom died. Same with me, too. That's completely like, understandable. Especially, like, my mom. She's always been my biggest supporter. Yeah. And, which, I mean, my dad and my stepdad, they both support me, but I don't know, something about guys and their mom. I mean, so, I mean, I grew up I grew up with just my mom. Yeah. I, I had father figures, but... You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I heard the Adobe Sessions and Mama Song came on, I yeah. was like, 
I mean, that'll hit it. I'm not ashamed to admit the first time I heard it, I cried. Yeah, that one got me. I mean, especially because. I, I heard it late, too, because Drake introduced me to yeah. Cody Jinx. So I was hearing it probably two years after it came out. Yeah. Like, so for me, music is such a big part of my life, but the main reason I got into music was because of my mom. Like, pretty much everybody in my family sings, but my mom, her and my stepdad, they were in a band together in the early days, back when O'Malley's was O'Malley's, and they had the mechanical bull and everything. Like, yeah. I was Glory days. Yeah, I was like <laughs> 10, 11 years old, and I'd go with them when they'd practice there, because the one of the owners at the time was a bass player, and... Man, that's just how I got so rooted into like country music and stuff. Which I love all kinds of music. My playlist is Oh I yeah. Mean, if so if much, I if I jumped in the car and just hit a shuffle on yeah. like my actual playlist, yeah. buddy, it would you go for a ride. Like we might be going from Irish drinking songs like Dropkick Murphy's to <laughs> Tupac to Alan Jackson. That's like, it, a, yep, same everything. thing. But come on now. My mom, like they, they were a country band. At the time, they were the best country band around. And I remember one time they played a show and they had opened up for a few different artists. And one was David Lee Murphy singing Little Dust on the Bottom. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I remember as a kid, set, like he didn't know me from anything. But they opened up for him. So obviously I was going to be there because then I loved music. And they, uh, man, he just took the time out of his, whatever he was doing. To make me feel like I was part of the band. And I remember, man, I might have been eight or nine at that time, or maybe ten. And I was sitting on his tour bus and playing PlayStation. And then they were sitting around and they started playing acoustic. They grabbed the guitar and was playing a little dust on the bottle and everything else. And I was just sitting, at the time, I thought it was awesome at the time. But then thinking back, I'm like, man, those, those guys really took time out of their whatever they were doing to make me feel like I was special. Yeah. Just some random kid. But, and that's what resonates with me as far as playing music. Like, if I ever made it to where people were paying to come see me, then I would be the same exact way. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> powerful. I, I mean, kind of got off right there. <laughs> but I mean, like... We still got time. We got time. I got one for you. Go ahead. Banger or trash. That's it. You don't get one. No in between, no nope. one or the other. Firewater or whiskey Meyer? Oh, I'll weigh on. <laughs> I can weigh in on that one. I'll go whiskey Myers, fire or banger, and then firewater trash. Really? Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Flip flop. Firewater banger. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be with you on that. Hey, <laughs> Kindred Souls right here. Firewater. That's the OG though. There you go. It is the OG, <laughs> but it wasn't produced by them. Yeah. I mean that's fair. I feel like that's the that's first what time. got me into Whiskey Myers, though. There you so, go. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Road of Life got me into Whiskey Myers. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, Road of Life, but it's no longer. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the, so the banger uh, for me was Cody Jinx. And that's just yeah. because I can play it any time, any day. Like, I can be a good mindset or a bad mindset. Play it all the way through. Yeah. And keep playing it. With Purgatory, once, it's like, yeah, that's that's badass. Yeah. But I got my feel of it. Trash. The only reason I'm saying trash for Chief because, like I like you y'all said, pick. it's such a monumental album. But like, there's two or three songs I'd skip and yeah. not be mad at about skipping. But the other two, like, 
I wouldn't skip them, but like I said, Cody Jinx is just for the record. The Adobe sessions. Trash that man. No, yeah, like, like I, I, yeah, that's why you got to like, make it tough. That's why with Cody Jinx the music goes. It don't matter where you're at or what you're doing through in life. You're going to hear one of his songs that you can relate to. Yeah, and I'm sure it's not the first time one of his albums makes it onto this list. Yeah. Oh no, you got to make it. You got to make it tough. Yeah, and like I said, we're transitioning to more of like a. Walker County based but Southern Culture podcast. Yeah. So country music you're gonna hear a lot on here. But with the, the Adobe sessions, like I said, top to bottom, there's not one single song of one second I'm gonna yeah. skip. Purgatory, if it was any other list, it would be on Banger because I wouldn't skip it. Yeah. Chief, like I said, like for tr- just the only reason it's trash for this segment is because there's two or three songs I skip. That's what and makes the segment great is it resonates or how it resonates with the individual. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the best part of music. And like over when or when it's over when it's over, like the live version of that. Yeah. Man, I'll listen to that song over and over and over and over again. Eric Church puts on the show. Yeah. I, I haven't been fortunate enough to see it, but I God dude, whenever this COVID crap's over. I'm going to make it a point. He, he plays for two and a half hours. Yeah, he don't stop. Yeah, solid. And one night, like, his whole band had, like, a stomach virus or something. And he didn't, so he played the whole show acoustic. Yeah. Just to give those people a show. I think You know, and, uh, and honestly, I wouldn't be mad at it. No, I God, no. no. I think some, uh, well, some friends of mine, they had went to a show, and I think it was in Nashville. And they, uh. I think he played for like three or four hours. Yeah. Never stopped. I'm like, dude, that's worth the money. Oh, yeah. That's what I love about Cody. I haven't seen Tyler live yet. But that's what I love about Cody. I think about a half a song in Nashville. Like uh, at the Alabama Theater, which is a big venue technically for Alabama. He played like for two, two two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, wasn't mad at it because he caters to the crowd. That's when, uh, was it Tennessee Jet opened for Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to Tennessee Jet one day. <laughs> I like him, but I don't love him. Same. But, <clears throat> yeah, like, like I said, like, we want to present difficult options. Yeah. Don't want to just make it, oh, would you, Sam Hunt's trash, Floor George Lines once, and Cody Jinx's banger. Yeah. You don't want to make it too easy. No. So, like I'm, we research, if you know the kind of music somebody likes. Uh huh. Plus, Shane and I, like we'll research this music. Yeah, that was that was helpful for me for sure. Well, I mean, Chief is like Chief is one. Oh, of the buddy, first. that was tough for me too. Yeah. <laughs> Chief was one of the first country albums I listened to from top to bottom. Yeah, it was like okay, I'm not mad at it, but Purgatory when it happened, I was like, I, I really really liked that. But then the Dobby sessions happened, and I was like. There's not one single batch uh, song, chord, vocal, lyric, whatever, on this album that makes me want to skip it. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all entitled to our opinion. Yeah. Luckily, you and Shane, we're on, <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah, this I'm, I'm actually a little surprised with that. I figured, I figured you would go Jinx, Chief, and then... Trash. I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big Tyler Fielder fan. I mean, just for, I mean, a guy with a wordsmith. Yeah. I mean, you made it hard on me asking me those Whiskey Myers albums yeah. because that's obviously two of their best. Yeah. 
Like Road of Life was that's what got me into yeah. whiskey Mike. Same. Like I wish I wish that one was still around. Yeah. You, well I've got the gold album. Yeah, I remember that. So uh but I mean, like Ballad of a Southern Man was really the one that really hit me. Yeah, that's me. the first whiskey Mike song I ever heard. Yeah. And I was like, Man, I like these guys. <laughs> and my aunt Morgan, she actually introduced me to them and was like, Man, I really like this sound. Yeah. And then I started looking them up, found Road to Life and all that. And I was like, man, I'm here. Here for the long haul. There you go. We've been there for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. All 12 shows I've seen. Yeah. And all the shows Houston's been at that I've been at. Man, I've probably been nine or ten myself. Shane? Yeah. I've only had one. I caught him up in Wichita when I was in uh, tech school. No, you you came oh, with. Two, two. Yeah. Yeah. Because we caught him at. Uh, Zydeco. Oh, Zydeco? Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that don't really like them, but everybody's entitled. There are generations, and I'm not like comparing them to Leonard Skinner. Yeah. But there are generations Leonard Skinner, like just straight up. They were the gritty Southern rock. That's what I was going to say. They were the first band I've heard since Leonard Skinner that had that Southern rock, like, bass. They put on a good show, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. With that know, being said, that's our that's our new segments. I was gonna say I know Drake's in them in Texas. I don't know if you've had the chance or not, but I, I feel like the show we saw in Birmingham paled in comparison to the little dive bar show they put on in Wichita. Let me yeah. tell you, man, like seeing Whiskey Meyer because like I follow him on Instagram and everything. So seeing him in Texas was like on my bucket list because it's like that looks like a fire ass show compared yeah. to what I've seen. No, oh, and it So when we saw him at Loud and Heavy Fest and uh, which was Cody Jinx's festival yeah that he curated in a fort worth oh my god like even 45 40 45 minutes because of we like had storms it's the middle of texas in summer i was like my time was made yeah <laughs> like that 45 minutes was awesome non-stop all right pedal to the middle i feel that's like how i would be like if i was at that level and i played in birmingham like that's at home. Uh-huh. And so, that would probably be the best show I ever played. But, I, so I can see how it would be a good show for them. Yeah. I mean, they're playing, they're from Palestine, which yeah. is East Texas. Like, when I was driving through Tyler, or when we were driving through Tyler, I sent them a video of, like, the East Texas sunset with yeah. lonely East Texas Knights <laughs> playing. I was like, God, I was like, this is That's hitting it. super hard. <laughs> That's right it, now. yeah. I was like, my life is made. (laughs) Like, you have flatlands with a few trees every now and then, but it's just, it's East Texas. And, man, like, like I sent a, I think I sent a Snapchat. It was like, see Whiskey Myers in Texas. And, like, have you ever seen, uh, what's the, The Buried Life. Okay. On MTV's The Buried Life. Like, you know how, like, they'll be be at the the end of whatever they accomplish and they, like, draw a check with their finger and the check sign comes up. Yeah. I sent them a Snapchat. It was like, I was turned facing the camera with Whiskey Myers in the background. I was like, see Whiskey Myers in Texas. And I drew that fuck, uh, freaking check mark <laughs> over the box. And like, they were just flat out, just banging out, man. And I sent that to them. I was like, that's huge for me. Yeah. And uh, See, I feel like even the show you saw in Fort Worth was 10 times the show we saw at that little dive bar. Because... I brought a few of my buddies that 
one was from Pennsylvania, one was from California, and yeah. one was from Oregon. I had no idea what we were getting into. Yeah. And my favorite show is Red. Yeah, yeah. It it reminded me a lot of Zydeco. Yeah, Zydeco always been one of my favorite places. Absolutely, right there. Yeah, it was cram packed in there now, which they did have a uh, a little sawdust dance floor out there where people were just cutting a rug. That's what Walker County needs. Yeah, there you go. But they came on, and from the first guitar riff till the time they walked off, dude, I was. I was probably a little overbearing towards my friends because they, like I said, they had no idea like what we were about to get into. Yeah. One of them kind of has, you know, that Northern Redneck song. Yeah. That's kind of like how he grew up, yeah. like blue collar. Like he, he had a little bit of an understanding, but I'm just trying to like sell the show. Like, dude, I'm telling you, I've seen these people. This is going to be unbelievable. Like, you're not ready. You're not ready. And it lived up to the hype tenfold. Now Zydeco, like they have that rail right there where you can't really get as close yeah. and they're pretty strict on who who goes to the side stage yeah. area man really I think as far as Birmingham my favorite venue would probably be Iron City Iron City yep I mean don't get me wrong I, I really like Zydeco but Iron City it has the best sound I guess yeah and you can be right there too I mean, Iron City was awesome because that, that was, uh, no, I saw Luke Holmes the first time at uh, Zydeco yeah. when there was like 20 people there. And that was wild. And then seeing him Iron City with Musket on Bloodline. Yeah. And then like, that was the show that Raleigh, like, I yelled at Raleigh Green. But, oh my God, like, it's crazy how the Birmingham music scene, like, contributes so much to oh, yeah. today's country music. I mean, it, wasn't it uh, Luke Combs started that song? I got a, uh, God, how did it start out? It started out in Birmingham. What's the song called? <laughs> oh. I got a two-night run oh, no, and kick it off in Birmingham. I shouldn't. I, What's I that know. song called? Honky Tonk Highway. Honky Tonk Highway. Yeah, there I you think go. something like that. I don't know. Three-night run, going to kick it off in Birmingham. There you go. Three-night run, two-night run, same thing. Like, I'm not trying to, like, Show Cloud, like, oh yeah, I've been following this guy for this long. Yeah. It was like, I just remember Luke Combs when he wasn't playing for anybody. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing Luke Combs when, like, the Vine days. Mm-hmm. Like, when he was just picking guitar man, and. That dude, that, and that's when I started listening to him was on Vine. But, man, that dude, he's the definition of me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. He's paid his dues. I mean, he, he touched on it a on that song. I him a sellout, but. He did what was best for him. I, you can't knock him for that. No, so and I mean, I think he paid a lot of homage in that new song he just released without you. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he touches on how it started, you know, his mom and dad being just the biggest contributors, getting yeah. him to where he is, touches on his wife, and then pays respect to the fans. Like, you have to – he has an understanding that without his fan base, yeah, this isn't happening. But once again, that ties into how Houston – Looks like Luke Combs. He's had his family behind him. Yeah. He's got a good woman behind him now. And uh, he's making Soon it. enough, the fans are going to start pouring in. Yeah. Hey, man, I love that. So, uh, I can't wait to hear the Houston Lucky version of Without You. Yeah. I'm the best. So, we'll... Uh, mediocre guitar player. <laughs> around. The world's best. 
with that being said, like Houston, we we've already tied in your uh, your ties to Luke Combs, how you look like, and uh, we'll uh, we'll jump into the last shots. Yeah. With a uh, Shane Murray. Pretty excited for this one. I have constructed these throughout our time of the uh, interview here. Houston, I know you've listened to the podcast. You have yeah. 30 seconds. I feel like I got a pretty good set list for you. Yeah. Shane, uh, this is Shane's first, well, second. Yeah, I caught Drake off guard with it in the Bro. 2.5 episode. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. That's when I knew I that this partnership it. was going to go one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I, di- I didn't expect the last shots from Shane. When I heard that, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I, I was just kind of sitting there waiting on him to roll into it. I knew it coming in that I was going to reverse it on him yeah. just to see how he would react to it. Handled it like a pro, though. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this will be the last shots with mine and Shane's good, good friend. Houston Lucky. Yeah, man. And uh, this is Shane Murray hosting his first last shots with somebody else other than me all right houston you ready yeah man all right three two one and last shots dream vacation or travel destination more more oh nice one favorite whiskey not named eagle trace or eagle rare sorry um oh this one's getting all right if you could record a song with one artist, who would it be? Uh, we'll go dead or alive. How about that? Your choice. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, probably Brooks and Noah, man. Hey, that's not a bad one. Directions to your favorite honey hole. Can't tell you. <laughs> All right. Last time you played Train with the Chicken. That'd be 2010. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That is the last shots with Shane and I's good friend, Houston Lucky. Oh, man. Right outside the uh, door of softball fields. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even realize I said it. Thanks for, thanks for bearing with us through this uh, episode. Hopefully you've learned something about being proud where you're from, knowing that you can make it no matter where you're at. And, uh, Hopefully, it inspired you to listen to some music if you haven't listened to these guys that we've talked about yet. But, uh, man, I'm so glad that Shane is officially co-host of Pass the Jar. Shane, proud of you. Thanks for coming on, pal. I think it went well. Conversation flowed. Helps having a good friend in here with yeah, us. Yeah, man. Makes it easy for the first time. Oh, yeah. Glad you guys invited me. Couldn't think of anybody other than two other people, Dylan and Colby, that would make it any easier for Shane's yeah. first go around. I'm ready to hear them guys on We'll, that's gonna be that's gonna be an episode. Yeah, there. That's, <laughs> that will be our season finale with uh just us four sitting around spitballing. I just want to sit in the room and listen. Hey, <laughs> you're more you know than you're welcome. Free. Yeah, come on over, bro. Uh, but folks, as always, uh, thank you to Houston for his time. He's bu- busy selling houses and land these days and uh, working on a music career. And as always, like I said, if that jar is not empty. Keep drinking out of it. Talk to someone different than you. Pass it around. Pass that thing around. But love your neighbor. And we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar.